Hello and welcome to episode 453 of Conversation Street Podcast. We are going to be talking about episodes between the 11th and the 15th of January this week. That is episode 10,219 to 10,222. I am your host, Michael, and she's the other one. I'm the co-host. Yes. What's your name again? Gemma. Thought so. Hi everybody, how you doing? I'm very cold. I'm wrapped up in a blanket here as I'm recording, hoping to warm up as the conversation gets flowing and the podcast goes God, you're on. so cheesy today. I'm, tr- I'm overdoing it. You're overcompensating because you're very I'm tired. Really, really me. tired. I'm knackered. You've you been you working, don't want to hear it, everybody, yeah, but I've been, been in school working, working very jobs, hard this week. Basically. <laughs> I've been teaching children at school, teaching children at home. It's been very difficult and tiring. And very stressful and worrying. But I, I know I don't have to go into school for another well, two weeks, hopefully. So, really? Well, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. So, oh, I didn't all know is that. good. Oh, how's, it, how's you, weeks. Gemma? I'm stressed. Well, he's I'm just out there. But that's not going to stop this from being a great podcast, is it? Yeah, we're gonna we're no. gonna channel all <laughs> our um, nervous energy. Yeah, into, into making this the best a... darn podcast that we've recorded this week. It's not going well <laughs> now, at the moment, to be honest. Why? Well, the podcast. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Also, what is good this week, by the way is the Joe Parkinson bonus podcast that we're releasing just right this moment as well, which is um, our bonus one for this week. It is Joe is the um, story editor on Coronation Street, which is exciting already because we get to have a lovely old chat about how that all works. And um, so he's not a script writer. He kind of is more behind the scenes of putting together the stories and the plots and interweaving it all together and where's this going to go six months in advance kind of thing. Also, <coughs> he has written the script for the Coronation Street Words and Design app, which is the word puzzly gamey app thing that came out, um, when was it? Month, month, yeah, about a month ago now, wasn't it? And um, it's had me hooked ever since, enjoying the adventures of Bet and Ken. I was going to say Ben and Kate then. Ben, ben and Kate, you know, those classic Coronation Street <laughs> icons. Love them. Um, but yeah, honestly, I really, really love um, all the writing in that app. Um, So it was a real treat to be able to talk to Joe about um, giving a voice to these characters in digital form. So go over and listen to that um, if you haven't done so already. I think they're missing a bit of a trick by not making it more of a big deal that they've got a Coronation Street like production team member working on that. Because honestly, we're all used to cheap, um, like, what are they called? think things cashing in on on like big names and mm. then being a bit crap and not really having anything to do with the actual show yeah whereas yeah. like i think a lot of people probably who are fans of cory haven't even looked at it because they're like well it's just going to be you know yeah but it's really good because uh, it's got it somebody who's some worked at cory for a few years it's, yeah it, inside like it's clearly written by somebody who knows what they're talking about yeah, and that's yeah like we noticed that immediately playing the game and that's why we tried to get in touch yeah. About about the about it. God, yeah. I'm blubbering. <laughs> right, John Deere quiz. Yeah, let's see where the right. You're gonna um, you're gonna take your own. I will um, take my own score down if you pick course. me a pen across. One hundred percent. Right. So these are things that happen between the 11th and the 15th of January in years ending in a one and a six mm-hmm. from CoronationStreet.fandom.com. If I have a heart attack, if I have a heart attack. I'll just let you know, know just know that I knew it was coming. Live on air. 
11th of January 1971. Ken and Val are preparing to move to Jamaica. But Ken has two concerns. Can you name one? Um. No. Oh. Concerns that Ken would have about moving to Jamaica. Um, how's Uncle Albert going to get on with that yeah, one? Yeah, well Yay. done. That's a mark. Do you have another idea? Um, what What are the twins going to be like in Jamaica? Uh, not worried about the price of ganja or anything. No. No, he said he was worried about there being too much poverty in Jamaica. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Moving from the back streets of Weatherfield. Is he like, to... worrying about being the poshest one on Jamaica? Yeah. <laughs> or, I don't know. I don't understand. Okay. 11th of January, 1961. Well, no, he's worried it's going to be too impoverished and he's not going to be able to resist the temptation to write these critical articles in oh, the yeah, Jamaica like Times about how it. everyone's slumming it. Everybody loves it when a white guy comes to your country and tells you how <laughs> is it, crap is this everything all? is. Right. 11th of January, 1961. What announcement does Elsie put in the paper, much to Ina's delight? Oh, um... This is a tricky one, I think. Yeah, no, I've, I've got... I, I remember something about that, but I can't remember exactly what it is. Um. Yeah. Um. Um. um is, it, is it something to do with one of her men? No. Well, I'll tell you what it is. Go on, then. A threat of legal action against anyone who slanders her. Oh, okay. And no, even I... thought it was funny because she wasn't her doing it. Oh, I've forgotten this. 12th of January, 1996. Why does Don give Nick £12,000? Um, why does Don... I think he's trying to... Is he trying to trying to get the house off of him? Because it's the house is in Nick's name, according to Ivy's what will. House? Um, the house, you know. Yeah, number, I know, which number one? Number five. Yes, he sells number five to him. Yeah. I like the way you're like, he's trying to get the house off him, like... It's that a trans- that I know. It's a, yeah, but I know, but it's a transaction. It's like you don't give someone twelve grand and hope that they give you a house. Transaction, Nicola. All right, thirteenth of but January, nineteen sixty-one. Albert Tatlog collapses in his house, and in her first appearance, his daughter comes to check on him. But what is her? her what is her full name? BT Pearson. Yeah. Thirteenth hey. of January, two thousand and sixteen. Okay. This is a proper date question, okay? Which business opens on the show? Oh, I remember things like that. It's like, it should be obvious and easy, shouldn't it? 2016. Um, only five years ago. Yeah, it's a relatively new business, new edition. Well, Victoria Street hadn't opened then, so it's none of those. Um, good so good I'm, deductive I'm kind of, powers. Oh, hang on a minute. Preston's Petals. Yay! Yes. <laughs> You'd asked me recently about something about that, I'm sure. If you hadn't, then. Okay. Um, the next question is... Another good date question. Mm. 14th of January 2001. Which family move in to number 11? And this is in 2001. Grimshaws. Well done! That seemed very easy. Is that yeah. very easy? Well, I know that they're at number 11. 14th of January 2011. Why does Claire Peacock take her kids and escape to France? Because she uh, assaulted Tracy. Gave Tracy what's coming to her. She's on the run. She saw yeah. Brexit come and she's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> 15th of January 2016. Roy has to go to which town to visit his mother who has broken both of her wrists? Hastings. Yeah. The Battle Axe of Hastings. Oh, you're very clever. That's the end of the quiz. 
Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm looking. How many? No. What are you talking about Alexa? Alexa, stop! Alexa, stop! I got, I got only one wrong there. How many questions are there? Because I got looks what looks like a little know. apostrophe here, but so I don't know whether one, it's a tally or not. Two. One, two, three, four. I got, I got six right there. Oh, this is rubbish. Six this podcast. or seven. Six or seven out of seven or eight. I got there. Birthdays. That's pretty good. Seventeenth of January. Ken Morley played Reg Holdsworth. <laughs> We're watching the nineties and Gemma's enjoying Reg. She can't help it. We're watching Will funny you Reg scenes. Stop. Twentieth of January. <laughs> Neville Buswell played Ray Langton. 21st of January, John Savadon, who played Fred Elliott. Tony was a good week. Hurst, who played Paul Kershaw. And Ryan Prescott, who is Ryan Connor III. Lovely. End. Happy birthday to all of them. You right? Yeah. You ready to talk about... I don't about, think I am. You ready to talk about this week's Corrie? Yes, let's talk about what we thought about the things that happen on Coronation Street. Yes, let's. <laughs> Right then, let's talk some street. We have, <laughs> we have got. I've just put this into five stories this week. There may be one, but I think I merged them together. We 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 got Peter and out to begin with, which um, you told me when I said that the other the other day that we maybe used that before, but maybe um, that just goes to show well. that Peter has been in you know dire straits on more than one occasion since the podcast has been going, which it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, we had a bit more of the Asher Pashas, although. Um, the passion was dead by Wednesday. Good. Because you kicked that Corey to the curb. Hooray. I think everybody cheered. Right. Oh, I also wanted to call this story the Alejandro, didn't I? Because of, of Dev passing the shop on. Kind of. I mean, he's not really, but... Well. <laughs> he's getting that. He's getting hardly to do all the all the, all the the hard work. Well, no, what you do to them today is getting getting in to do some performance Defigate. reviews. Defigate. Oh, he's defigating tasks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to put you in charge of storyline title duty from now Why on. Not? We had a bit more of the confessions of the window cleaner story slash race 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 to raise the place, um, and a bit of Johnny Jailbird and the lonely story to tie up the week. When when he inevitably changes his mind, is are we going to name it? But who are we talking about? Here? Ray Ray's race to raise the place does an about face. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, nice. I'm on fire. Yeah, well, I just want to call it Ray Gun. Raygun. 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 Both of those would do it. Mm. Um, right. I've, I've heard lots of good things about this week's Coronation Street. I've seen some oh, people being... Oh, you've heard being, good things. I've heard haven't... and read good things about this week's Coronation Street on social media. And I don't know whether it's me, and just because I was a bit knackered this week, but there were, there were, I don't know, I just didn't necessarily feel it this week, I don't think. There were some good parts, but I wouldn't say, for me, this went down as a super mega classic awesome week. There was one story that stood out head and shoulders above the rest and I would say that wasn't the story that was supposed to be the A story of the week. It's it's the Allahans again. I bloody love them so much. They're so great, I think. Ardy is fantastic. Asha is still brilliant and Dev, as always, is like underappreciated even yeah. when we sing his praises. It's like it's, it still feels It's weird and, it, and maybe it is just the kind of normalcy about it and the it's not you know life and death about it's it it's stupid compared because... to the peter story which yeah. is death's door and it's not to know. do with like how far do you personally relate to it because i can't relate to uh getting my kit off and having my boyfriend film it and put it on the internet i've been given a, any shops recently being given a shot for my 16th birthday being a teenage boy who's overshadowed by his sister's antics or being a single dad who's worrying about how to raise my teenage children 
No. But it, I'm loving, I'm really loving it. And I feel, even though I, I don't feel like I'm in a very good position to judge this, it feels very honest and, and true as well. It feels feels real. It, it really, really and does. It, but it's still entertaining and it's still like slightly larger than life. Which is what you want. Well, I mean, it has got Devon, so yeah, how could it not be? Ah, oh, <laughs> well, we'll get so to that great. story in a bit, shall we? Let's get to what I think Coronation's. I don't know. Would Would you say that the the Corrie wanted the Peter story or the yes. or the Faye story to be the main story of the week? Yes. One of the two. Well, we we'll split it up with some Asher in the middle. I don't know. It's difficult. It's like if Peter hadn't done this about ten times already, then then Peter. That's but the thing. It's like. It feels as though you could just get the scripts from, I don't know, five years ago and copy and paste the scenes. And, and, and I, I'm watching this thinking, like, is is this the lowest that Peter has ever sunk? Is this the worst he's ever got? I mean, is this, you know, final round or, I don't know, I, I, I'd use some kind of pub metaphor here, but... Don't last drink. orders. That's it. Is this last orders yeah, for Peter Barlow? <laughs> That's what they call it when they when an alcoholic dies. Um, and, and maybe it is, but, but you're right. It just listen, feels. I mean, I I criticised this storyline before, but I also think this feels very complicated, and you know. It's it's I think it's quite good because it's he's not being treated in a in a really sympathetic manner, is he? Like Peter feels very remote and hard to understand mm. to me, and I think that that if, if that you're experiencing it as though you are part of his family, where you're like, why on earth can you not stop doing this? Yeah, and but there's no logic to why he can't stop doing it because if if we really could get a handle on on being an addict, it wouldn't be a problem, would it? You know, mm, it, it's mm. like some, it's like this insidious, like, compulsion that he has no control over. And I know, from that I'm... point of view, it feels quite a sympathetic portrayal and very realistic because no matter what anybody says to him, he's in the throes of it and he can't escape. There were some parts this week, and I, and I don't know if we're having the discussion before we do the synopsis of it, but it's Whatever. just turned into this, where I'm still, like, when he's going there to drink the alcohol, you remember the bit when Carlo was looking around for the bottle and he brandishes mm-hmm. it out of his jacket pocket and he puts it to his lips? So I think both of us are just like, oh, no, no, don't no, please it. Which shows that there is a level of investment for us and that, and it's still, you know, yeah, making us interested. But... And it's, it's, it's tricky because, you know, I, I'm not an alcoholic, but I certainly, I think I have a food addiction. I can't stop eating crap food. I'll, I wanted to lose weight, but I never can. But... And I I don't want to try try and like make out that I have an inside, um, what's the word? Like it's not the same. It's not applicable. Chemical imbalance. But it it really does feel like sometimes I feel the same way. Like ah, well, what am I? What can I do? Nothing. Mm. Might as well just carry on. And I don't care whether it you know affects me or upsets me or you because it's like well this is what I want right now and I can't like like he was saying about every single time was there something to do with every single time I. I I said no. It was all leading up to this moment where I could say yes again, or something like that. Where you're just like, it just feels ine- inevitable and like inescapable, and and it's such a hard pressure to deal with something like that. Mm. And it's even more so for for if you're an alcoholic because there's a chemical dependency. Now, I just do, I don't think that people really understand um, unless you've been there. But but also I think that you know being overweight is is kind of a similar thing where you know what you should be doing. Like, I know what I should be doing, but I can't do it. It's really difficult. 
And I know that, you know, it's hurting me, but it just feels impossible to stop doing it. <laughs> so I, we, I feel a sympathy for both sides because I can also, like, watching Carla and um, Ken and everybody going, what the hell are you doing? Like, it's so easy to not do... You just have to not do it. How are you finding that difficult? But when you're when you're addicted to something and you're like, the only thing you can't do is that thing, that's all you think about. Mm. And it's like it's like a pressure, a pressure. And then when you when you finally do it, it's not even like you take any pleasure from it. It's just like, well, now I don't have to worry about about not doing it because I've done it now. Yeah. You know, now I do. Now I worry about we'll worry about that later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's not the same. I'm not trying to say it's the same thing, but. It's relatable to. It feels relatable. To some extent. It 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 feels real, you know, as somebody who. I mean, like you've got the same thing with Animal Crossing. <laughs> not quite, <laughs> not quite. Um, that's just more of a, a routine that I've got myself into. <laughs> I got it with Cory. I know oh, I shouldn't, but I just got to watch another episode. Uh, <laughs> right, let, let's let's go through okay, what, okay. what happened this week then. So, uh, I mean, it, it feels like. If it, uh, even though I was saying I've been there, done that. It, a lot has happened to Peter this week because he, he wasn't even, you know, in the country <laughs> up until the beginning of Monday's episode. He'd, he'd bogged off to Scotland, hadn't he? Um, I don't you... really remember that he went to Scotland. Yeah, he, he and... Um, he was on a grief retreat. It was, he and Ken went there together right. and he made uh, made a joke about going to see a, a distillery or something, i got to remember. But he's 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 had a nice salt trip up there with um, with Ken. They've tossed a few cabers together and he is back and he is sober and uh, Daniel comes to see him to check he's okay. Um, he sees um, Carla outside the pub. He's having a swift vape later. And he says, um, he's got a hospital appointment today. He'll let her know how, how it all goes. And Carla seems, throughout Monday's episode, very, very anxious to find out what happened to Peter. But I don't, I don't think anyone ever actually tells her by he's the end of the episode. The time. I think I think part, part of what sends Peter off is what happens to him at the hospital, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so th- there's this woman in the hospital, chatty lady. I can't I don't know whether she got. She, she might have got a name. I don't know whether I wrote it down. This person was asking for trouble. Why? If I okay, let's say that you're. It just feels to me like it's the same thing as asking somebody who's got lung cancer, "Did you ever smoke?" and then getting annoyed at them. You know, or mm. like. There's so, so this, many this, that this woman all... needs a liver donor, doesn't she? Or like she? going like in for a colonoscopy Peter. and saying, oh, do you eat red meat? And then they're saying, yeah, I love bacon. And you're like, I can't believe it. <laughs> you brought this on yourself. Yeah. Well, P- Peter says, um, yeah, she. this woman has got hemochromatosis and a rare blood type. So she's been on the waiting list for a long time. And Peter admits to her that he's well, no, an alcoholic. No, she says, yeah, I'm waiting for a, li- a liver. I want a, I'm yeah. waiting for and... a liver donor. What, why do you need one? Yeah, and and when and, and he kind of has, has to admit that, yeah, I kind of brought it on, on myself in a way, even though, like, when addicts, it's, it's, it's a difficult this thing, and mi- it's like, well, mind, it, that's look, a disease as well. This is a minefield, because we're talking about something we don't really understand, we don't have any experience with, and I know that people who are listening will have a different perspective depending on their personal experience. So some people might be listening to this going, oh, yeah, you don't understand, it's not fair, you know, you don't ask to be an addict and um, you can't help it. And then other people who are, like, family members or friends of somebody who has has an addiction will be saying, no, you're being far too lenient on this person, you know, they had every chance, you know, Peter's had he chance. He could have just chance. stopped. Um, yeah, and he, it's not I like remember, he's not had a support network. I don't know if you remember George Best, the footballer who had a liver alcohol. Um, I know, I know of him, and he had I a liver transplant, and there was a lot of I've discussion. Heard of yes, thank you. 
in the press about like you know who deserves a second chance and if you keep it you know but it's it's not like anybody wants to be an addict this is the thing mm. and these and it, and and you can you know the thing about what peter's addicted to is that it's a permissive it's a permissible substance that is ripe for abuse where it's a legal thing to buy nobody says to you oh no you can't buy two bottles of whiskey you can only buy one at a time you you can't buy more than two packs of paracetamol in case you kill yourself but you can buy as much alcohol as you want any time of the day practically as long as it's not sunday <laughs> um in this country and we we allow it to happen and we don't really give people you know everybody knows not to do it but nobody nobody gets given guidance or help like at the beginning like make sure you don't you know what I mean it's just such such a toxic but I mean they're, they're, environment that's true but equally you could say well there are steps that he could have done to reduce the risk like moving out of the pub sooner because <laughs> he has been mean? there for quite a while now. I can't believe you would bring well, that up so I'm yeah, glad that that did know, come up this, this week I know there, there's lots of in- internal uh, logic fallacies here in the story. The problem, the problem is sometimes on Coronation Street, characters just end up living in random places because of various ways the story's progressing. It's like, oh, this character doesn't get anywhere to live now. Um, let's chuck Alina in at number 13, for example. Why not? Let's put I can't even. Why did, why did Carla and Peter end up moving to the pub? Because they, I don't think they were going to buy number one, weren't they? And Peter yeah, and, and, then and then Steve and Steve Tracy and went Tracy to buy it. And then, them and. Uh, Blah blah blah. Yeah, but why did because they? Because they wanted the place because they got kids. Yeah, but why did I can't even remember why they moved? Oh, I, I don't understand I don't... how Peter and Carla one minute went from with less by house to oh we're just for homeless then. I hope that doesn't happen to us. <laughs> why did, <laughs> I don't remember why Carla moved out because was she in Victoria Court before? That? Anyway, anyway, that's that's by the way. So anyway, Peter is told that there's no visible improvement in his liver function, so they're going to carry on monitoring him for a couple of months. But he must avoid alcohol. That's how he does. Well, this with is the thing, right? This is that thing where the the famous thing of like, right? Don't think of a white elephant, and then that's all you think about. Mm. Like, don't well, you can have anything you like as long as it's not alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's everywhere, and it's especially everywhere in this country, isn't it? It mm. just is. Mm. This, this woman um, who he sees earlier is, um, I think, the first, when he originally told her, uh, I, "I did this to myself," uh, or, yeah. or "I'm I'm an alcoholic." She she says, "Oh, I I don't, you know, I'm not I'm judging you or anything." You. But she gives a funny look. But when he comes out of the room, then she's she's very very curt with him, and she's she's clearly disgusted at what he's done, and he Ooh, this yeah. leads to him feeling very guilty. Yeah, you can understand her perspective. You know, she's she's there. She she clearly hasn't, um, like, because there's there's different different things that you know lifestyle choices that you can make, um. And she clearly hasn't contributed that she knows of to her condition. Mm. And so, of course, she'd be furious because, you know, she's got this rare blood type. But because it's assigned on the basis of who needs it the most and who's who's got the right blood type, he she could be waiting and he gets another one next week. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she's already, you know, cursed the skies but why why is the roll of the dice landed with me this getting this random position and then this is what i hate about medical stuff it's so not fair mm. it's just un, it's just it's just horrible yeah. to 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 be given to to end up with something mm. well luckily even for... if you do it to yourself can i just say that as well i think that people can be a bit high and mighty sometimes about you know people who do do bad things we've all like, got our vices that's the thing but the thing we? is about it 
it that that people probably don't think about or I don't know is there are other things that we all do that we accept that contribute to our bad health and we all just accept it and we don't make a judgment on it like sitting down all day long and not doing enough exercise or eating too much red meat or breathing polluted air because we want to drive our cars everywhere Mm. or or, you know all, all these things that we accept as as a as a risk of our lives because we want to maintain a certain lifestyle, mm. and then and then to turn around and sort of judge somebody because they've got they're they're suffering from an addiction, and it's it's just so difficult because like I can totally see both sides, mm. yeah, but like yeah. I said, nobody sets out to go. I'm going to ruin my own life here. I'm going to become an addict. Well, Pete, and especially Peter. this is the thing, especially illegal substance. That's what that's what drives me. Insane. It's not like he went searching around street corners to find illegal drugs or anything. Mm. Well, you said nobody goes out to just to destroy their own life, but this is where Peter ends well, up going this week, isn't he? The, the, yeah. This, he, he has pressed that button this week. But so this he goes, is the thing that like, the initial choice, like to become an addict, that's what I'm trying to talk about. Yeah. Because yeah. because Peter, like I think he he's taken a bit of um. This is what I said about finally making that decision that you're not going to care about it anymore. It must be mentally quite freeing for him to say yeah stuff it I don't care I'm just mm. gonna I'm just gonna slide into oblivion here yeah, he's been fighting this condition for how how long 10 years 15 years Mentally, maybe the, the struggle of daily deciding or making a choice not to do the thing that you want to do the most yeah and he's still hiding it from Simon at the moment isn't he because Simon is still under the impression that everything's okay so he's still he's still fighting that you know that little bit um but anyway luckily things look like they could be on the up for him at first because he goes back home and finds that ken and daniel have got their heads together and they've decided uh, they've come up with a plan and this is that daniel wants to get tested to be a liver donor didn't we we talked about this on the podcast last week didn't we and didn't really know the ins and outs of it or is it the outs and ins if it's a donation and it's yeah i think what you said was right that they chop off a little bit and stick it in there and back yeah, it's actually a pretty it. resilient organ, I I believe. Yeah, I mean you can't do that to your brain. You just thought though they should just have like loads of little liver bits on ice, shouldn't you? you could, uh. you know, just ch- chop off a liver into ten pieces, and then you go ten ten healthy livers can grow if you stick it in the right conditions. So if anyone is listening to this with any medical, I'm not a doctor whatsoever. We apologise. I don't even know how to put a plaster on a child at school. It's like going to going to the teaching assistant. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Peter turns down this very kind offer. He doesn't want a bit of Daniel. I don't want to be a second hand liver. No, um, so they they have a. They they have a little bit of a, a light hearted debate about do- donation and. Uh, you know the pros and cons, and and tra- there's a bit of a Tracy kind of admits, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to donate actually because you know I'm selfish. But at the end of the day, Peter's like, no, I, I'm it's fine. I don't thing. want it. I think it's better to be to be realistic about you whether you're going to be able to do it or not than mm. than to say you will and then back out at the last minute. And Peter's um, brings up this woman, uh, this woman from the clinic, and says, well, give give it to her then. Um, if you if you're desperate to you know be a do gooder about it, this is at this point really I think where he has decided, I'm giving I'm not up having it. because I think even though maybe a couple of weeks ago Peter might have entertained the idea a bit more, but well, if you're self loathing to the point at which you're going to drink when you've been told not to, you mm. probably aren't up for being saved by somebody. I think if he if he gets a new liver as well, 
then he would feel the response, yeah, the yeah. responsibility of Again, looking after harder. it. And maybe he doesn't think he'd be able to do well, maybe that. Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he's sick of it now. You know. Mm. Um, anyway, the thing is, um, I I think if I think Daniel's like, oh, I, I'll donate my liver if I'm a match you. But I think there's a thing that you can do where if you have a donor who doesn't necessarily match you, you can still be entered in higher on the list. And then you get it off somebody else, like you do a swapsies with somebody. <laughs> I think that's true. I, I don't know. Trade. I trade you this liver <laughs> for half a kidney. Um, so everyone goes, uh, Daniel goes and tells Adam about this. Um, this is when Peter sees Simon and says, yeah, everything's great, son. Don't worry about me. And then he heads off. I hated off. that as well. I, I him telling Simon. Well, poor Simon, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders already with Leanne at the moment, doesn't he? I know, but how Unbeknownst been, to Peter. I've been lied to about other people who've told me that they're okay when they're not, and and the betrayal that you feel and the upset when you realise. He's just doing it to save his son's feelings. It really though. doesn't. He's a, and he's run. still a kid, he's only 17. Because you find out, as you find out, you'll mm. find out, and then you, not only do you have to deal with the the fact that the person is sick, and you have to battle with that feeling that you had of relief and that's a lie and then dealing with being lied to mm. I just think um, I don't know what Simon would have done if he'd have found out if he'd have been found out this week I think it was just because he's like, already got his hands so full with Leanne who's also in a, in a similar well not not quite obviously to the same extent self-destructive mood he's yeah she's, she's reliant on him she's um, she hasn't been out has she even though she said she has um, and he, he he couldn't take it, poor lad. Anyway, Peter time? goes over to uh, the, the lawyer's office to go and see Adam in his sensorial capacity because he um, decides that he wants a DNR put in together for him, didn't they? Which is, do not revive. So if he ends up is conking out... Do not resuscitate? Do not... Do not... Uh, do not reanimate me. Yeah, do not recast. <laughs> That's what Peter needs. He's had He's enough like, so far. Not. You tell you what. I've been Peter for 20 years now. You can't change me. I think me. I'm settled in this role. <laughs> do not recast. Um, so, yeah, so he, he's like, yeah, if I if I die, if I drink myself to... Not not if I die, if I... I'm nearly dead. Don't bring me back, please. Um, and and this, is, this is a big... It's a huge decision to make as well, isn't it? I mean, uh, I remember my mum had to make this decision as well in her you know, final years. And um, uh, just awful to have to think that... It's often a good decision to make. I know it sounds macabre, but... It's uh, balancing out. times, when you are resuscitated, you are still... It's not like you get brought back to life and you just do a little cough and you're fine. It's, there's a lot of stuff that... Mm. in real bad, life a lot of bad things that can linger and perhaps your quality of life would be permanently affected and then you might pass anyway having suffered I don't know yeah Peter would have to be drinking the rest of his booze through a straw because I used to think <laughs> I used to think oh, oh people are people are selfish you have DNR because what about their families but then I found out more about it and it's actually the right decision mm. for some well people. Peter is causing his family an awful lot of angst at the moment this isn't is the he? thing he's he is like he's like massive emo. Nina, if she knew the extent of it, she'd be like quite proud of him, I guess, for how dark <laughs> he's being. He's being so self destructive. He like he's got a death wish. Like he is kind of basically killing himself. Yeah. As fast as he can think of doing it. Mm. And he doesn't want 
he's like, oh, I don't want to cause trouble for anybody. I don't, eat, I don't want to be resuscitated. I don't want to live a... But it's like, you, you know that your family will want these things for you. Mm. Oh, s- yeah. So Adam goes and tells Ken this. I mean, Adam's problem as well with it is obviously he's feeling very he's guilty naughty. about kind of causing this because if he hadn't slept with Carla then Man, that's but... that's what the trigger is for this latest spiral know, downwards like, for Peter. Yeah, they should they really I can't believe they did that. It's the stupidest thing ever, honestly. Uh, it was kind of out of character and it was so such a what crappy was? thing to do for Carla and Adam to sleep together. But then also it's like you can't just go oh well they slept with each other so I'm just going to drink myself to death now. Mm. I'm just take a bit of personal responsibility. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that Imran might be involved in this. He, he wasn't in it this week, was he? A Toya had a scene. Imran wasn't in got, it at all. He, he got, got a name he got drop. a couple of name shots. He's he's obviously very busy with with something at the moment. But anyway, um, Ken goes uh, to see Peter or Peter sees Ken. I can't remember at the end of that episode and reminds him about the old suicide chat from a couple of weeks ago with uh, with Beck Lynch and everything. And and he says to Peter, "Look, you could still have forty years left. I've th- this was thirty years ago that this happened to me, and I." I don't, and and I'm just happy every and grateful every day that Beth stopped me. Um, you could still have loads left. Don't throw your life away. And Peter says, "Well, I I already have." Um, I know. See, this Ken, is it. He thinks he thinks he's gone too far already. Uh, Ken, and I think he's secretly pleased that he he kind of feels like I don't need to worry about it now because I've gone too far. Myself. Yeah, Ken. Um, th- this week is. I don't know what he's doing, really. He's, is he actually giving up or is he just saying he's giving up to try and shock Peter into doing something? Because at the end of this episode, he's like, well, have it your way, Peter, but don't see me never charge. And then on Wednesday, when it turns out that Peter's looking for somewhere to live, Ken's very quick to say, well, you're not staying here if you're, if you're still you're drinking. drinking. Yeah, because, the, because that's the, that's the problem good. if you're a family member of somebody like this. There's a really thin line between supporting and enabling. Yeah, yeah. Um, so How Wednesdays, you, and you won't, you won't, you won't know. It's you can't tell whether you're doing one or the other. Mm. A lot of the time. On Wednesday, Peter tells Ken that he's off to an AA meeting, and so Ken's uh, chuffed about that. But big fat lies. Um, and we have uh, there's there's more of Adam's kind of feelings of guilt on Wednesday about causing this. He talks to Sarah and says that he's worried about Peter, and but Peter sa- is not interested at all in speaking to Adam because Ad- Adam's initial. Um, reaction to hearing about this DNR was what on earth are you doing this is too early you still I, I don't want to do this and Peter goes over to him and said look I'm going to end my own life on my own terms thank you very much it's a, it's a little bit like we had um, with Hayley in a way isn't it which yeah. also ended in you know drinking of a uh, foul concoction which is a uh, mirrors Peter's situation somewhat I think it's not as foul as you think whiskey <laughs> I don't like any poos. Um, yeah, Car- Carla's feeling cut off from the whole thing because by the end of Monday's episode, despite asking everybody to tell her how Peter got on, she doesn't actually find out, I don't think. So she goes to ask Adam what's happening with Pete because she knows that something's going on because Adam's acting a bit funny. Uh, and under a bit of duress, he tells her about Peter's decision um, to, to end his own life in his own terms. So Carla goes marching off to see him. Adam tells Sarah that everyone's mad at him because he's he started this whole ball rolling. Um, and then Peter goes to the Rovers, has a go at Carla. Everyone's just at each other on Wednesday. To be honest, Adam's the one I, I have the <laughs> less sympathy for out of everybody. Oh, Because yeah, he totally. just literally had no reason to do it. So it's such stupid art. He's a rotten eight man, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> yeah, he, she... 
Maybe, Pete, he's, Peter. maybe I should be fair. Maybe he is a sex addict. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, Pete, yeah, Peter's been summoned by Carla, and when he speaks to her, having supposedly been to an AA meeting, she notices that he's got alcohol on his breath. Um, and he doesn't even try to deny it anymore, does he? Because he tries a little bit, and then he goes, actually, fine. Ba- barely. Because he's re- he remembers, oh, yeah, I don't care, yeah, I'm drinking now. Here it is, look at this one. I've got him a... Got Lovely a, bottle of vodka. A jacket. Yum, yum, yum. yum, yum. yum. <laughs> Starts knocking it back and Carla's the oh, face gosh. is like, no, don't. Yeah. And this, is when, this is the moment when we were like, no, Peter, as well. Yeah, well. yeah, it was. Yeah. Because it is like, we've been told so much on the show recently, one more don't drink could it. kill yeah, you. Exactly. And this week we've been seeing him drink after drink after drink. Yeah, he must have, he must be on the... There's no return. This is the thing. I, I don't know, but is it? I, well, is it they're, they're, are they showing him drinking too much and not actually having the consequences? Kind of, there were consequences in today's episode that he was found passed out in the ginnel, but that but kind of think... felt like it solved itself pretty but quickly. To me, it feels as though he's going to get to the bit where they're like, "Well, we, you must have a liver transplant," and then he, someone will, will you know, he'll get one, and then he'll be like, "Right from now on." I will not do it again. Yeah, because I'm still, I'm still not really worried that Peter's not going to get through this. That's I don't think he's that's the die. problem with some of these life and death stories. Like we were saying with with the Asher and Adi story, it's it's not like they're yeah, they're yeah. not trying to rile us up so much with the possibility of never whatever again. And this they are, this but is our only shot for in the back of my head, have. I'm thinking he'll be fine. And that the same with the Ray story, it'll be fine. They're not going to knock the houses down. Um, but anyway, um, Jenny um, uh, weighs in at this point and um, she she hears that he's stolen the whiskey because he <laughs> goes like to the this. bar because he, yeah. he, he goes and takes another bottle and, and her first reaction is, did you pay for that? Yeah, Which that is kind great. of supposed to be... It, it, I initially thought it felt like she was coming up across as a, being a bit callous there and uncaring, but she does redeem herself in a, in a scene or two later where she's like, no, I'm, I'm doing it for... I'm saying it for you, Peter, it's for your own good. Because she she tells him, right, you're moving out. I don't know why there's an alcoholic living in this pub anyway. Um, he, it was he, worse than that before. He used to be the landlord. I know. So He doesn't want to go to move in next door, but he kind of has got no choice. So Carla marches him over there, tells Ken the score. With Ken so disappointed, we get two what's in, in as many does minutes. Does Peter have a job? Um, he doesn't, does he? Is he? Is he taxi <laughs> I don't driver? Have a, I, I can't remember. Maybe. I. He needs a job. <laughs> get a job. Get a flat. Stop mooching off your dad when you're. How old is he? Um, fifty something. Is he? No, he's like, uh, forty. Yeah. Oh, he's not forty something. He must be fifty something. I don't. We watched him be born earlier in the last year, didn't we? I know, but it might makes us. Sound, it, it makes us sound like we're like sixteen worker. We didn't watch him <laughs> born in real time. Is he? Was he taxi driving when? That but that guy gave him the alcohol. That that you know what what started this relapse That's was that right, guy yeah. giving him the hip flask. Was that a was that a fact? Yeah, because they they stole somebody... his taxi. Yes, that's right. There so we maybe go. He's we like, know I what... can't drive anywhere because I've got we're, no we're taxi. Experts. You know what Can you imagine if it, if you call a taxi and he can't tell you, hello, uh, I don't have a car. <laughs> it got stolen. <laughs> um, so should we get the bus? <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you company. And I'll get you, you on the back seat. I'll ask you. I'll ask you questions about where you want to go on holiday. <laughs> How'd you like it? Um, what's going on? <laughs> Ken's, Ken's um, 
can't believe uh, what's going on with Peter when he finds out that, that he's drinking again. Yeah, because it just offers seems a... completely unbelievable, doesn't it? Yeah. Take, take, away, take away everything I've said about, you know, being sympathising with somebody and understanding and, you know, and go, but why? <laughs> but why of all the things? My God, Why? Oh. Which, which I guess does again make this true to life because alcoholism isn't just you know a problem that you can solve and well, then you're fine because because people who who yeah. have who haven't drunk for a year two years five years and they got the little badges or whatever will still say they're an alcoholic. It doesn't just Some, you're not yeah, an alcoholic uh, the anymore. The thing is that yeah, there are different schools of thought about about addiction, and there are certainly people who will tell you that you're an alcoholic for life. But you know, I think I think Corey's done a pretty a good job of showing us. Um, different perspectives because Carla definitely battled an alcohol problem at some point and she's got an addictive personality but she has managed to stay away from booze because she had her medication didn't she, that she couldn't mix it with Yeah, and it wasn't an issue for her but she definitely had a problematic drinking habit at, at one point mm. so it's not like Coronation Street saying you're either an alcoholic or you're a normal you know yeah. and I think that that's, fair, that's a fair assessment because some people it hits a different it really hits you differently mm. and um peter seems to be the sort of person who will struggle for the rest of his life yeah with it and at this point in time he's not really up for that no and and he doesn't need his dad hanging around to offering him advice as either because he, he says i don't want to i don't want to live here mm-hmm. especially if you're telling me i can't drink so ken at this point he goes well you know the door's there you 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 go. Uh, enough's enough. I the choice is yours. Peter said was um, uh, you know, Ken's like you you have to stop drinking, and Peter says I don't know if I can or if I even want to. Mm, yeah, that was good. That was good. So he goes striding off. Carla chases him up the street to try and stop him. He lays into her. He's he's vile to her, isn't he? Just to try oh, and get her off his bastard. case, saying that well, you're just as bad. One minute you're out all kind and caring, and you're you're you know being doing your your nursing acts for looking after the poor alcoholic and the next minute you're dropping your knickers for anybody and everybody. Yeah, so um, sod off kind you. Kind of fair. <laughs> um, she goes moping back to Jenny who's nice and sympathetic. I like that. Um, but Tracy isn't, is she? Because over at number no. one, um, she's saying, well, you know, no, nobody can help Peter. She, yeah, she's not, she says she says he'll be fine, well. but she <laughs> says at the end of the day, it's it's down to it's him. him. We can all ha- try and help as much as we can, but sadly, it's, nobody can help him. Yeah, the ball's in his court. He's the book stops at him, and uh, but yeah, she says he'll be fine. This is good. This reminds me of what happened in the aftermath of Aiden's suicide, where you had a range of different reactions from people. Yeah, and Corey's doing the same thing again here, where there's lots of different characters who are kind of involved. And you got Jenny, who was like, "I wash my hands of you." Mm. You have Tracy, who's like, "Whatever," and then you got Ken, who's like trying to force him. Ken doesn't know what to do because well, he, he throws he throws him out on Wednesday, but then by Friday, Ken's feeling guilty again. The last scene on Wednesday we get to see is a very close up shot of Peter suffering and shivering cold somewhere outside because it's obviously on the Corrie filming lot somewhere, but they didn't want to show where it is. But I think we're supposed to think that he's far, far away. Um, Friday's episode, um, yeah, Ken is is filled with regrets about it. Steve waltzes in, a, a maybe unnecessary addition to the story this week. But don't worry, it everybody, he's going of... off to live up a mountain somewhere yeah. by the end of the episode. <laughs> it was because he was like, 
can I be in this storyline? And, and uh, Tracy was like, no. No, no. I don't, this isn't for you. I don't think it's really, you're really helping anything. So he goes, oh, I'll just go for a walk. Aren't then. you in the Ollie's death storyline? He's like, no, not really. That's Leslie Ann and Simon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm fine. I'm in the Three Peaks storyline. Yeah. But um, we can't do location but, shooting. But my, my co-star is caught up with his daughter possibly He's being pregnant again at the moment. <laughs> Poor Steve. Nobody wants him in their oh. storyline. So he just says, I'm going to go and... I've been in this show 31 years. I need a bit of respect, please. He just says, I'm going to go and stay he's, somewhere. He's going to... He's, what's he going to go? Go and, go and stay in the cottage somewhere. He, 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 this, is later in, this is later in the uh, episode, doesn't he? He tells Tracy, I'm, I'm bogging I'm off. I'm boggering off. Because, okay. well, did, did he find out about Peter? Yeah, he does. He, he, he does. Find, he's like, spends a lot of time like, hanging around. His, his reaction to finding that one of his best mates is, you know, on the... On the on the verge of death is saying, "Well, this is this is a bit harsh." But maybe maybe to I don't know whether to say. To be fair, he's just had to live through his son dying, and he doesn't want to see his best well, mate no. die as well. But so, is he, so he's like, "Can, can you call mates. me when Peter's died so I can come they're back?" Best again. mates. Well, I mean, as much I mean, as anybody's mates as on this he was show, just basically his brother-in-law. He's no, he, no. Like, I think he said we're mates and we're no. Related. They, they, they definitely, definitely have been friends in the past. So he he was really detached from it. But, you know, you can make an excuse and say that he's mentally checked out of everything that is stressful, which yeah. is fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... So, so I, what what twigs um, Steve into this, to, to, to working out that something weird is going on, is that Simon comes in to number one later and asks, look, what's going on? Why has dad moved out of the pub? Is, he, is, is dad and Jenny had a fallout? And, uh, and Steve's there going, what's going on here then? Um, she says... No, he's just gone off to stay with a mate in Wigan. Obviously, Carla at this point doesn't know where where he is. is, And he's still trying to protect Simon by not letting him know the truth. So Steve's like, what's going on, Carla? So he finds out everything. um, And then... That sounds boring, I'm going. Yeah, he goes out the back, doesn't he? Ken's trying to ring Peter again. And fortunately, um, his phone starts ringing. He's passed out in the Guinness somewhere. Well, yeah, Ken's trying to phone... Peter and Steve walks out into the ginnel and hears the phone ringing Handle on the it. other end and he finds Peter in a pile of rubbish bags. Yeah. With a literally with a bottle of whiskey with a label facing upwards just next to just him. Just so we know. And it um, reminds me of that do you, do you ever see that picture on the internet of that little fat dormouse who got into a big box of donuts no and he's just lying there on his back with his hands on his great big belly and he's like <laughs> donut crumbs around him is that is that it's not as cute when you're an alcoholic <laughs> though, is, it? is that is that is that little dormouse like your idol is that your it's like just live your dreams <laughs> cluster of what donutty dreams who cares um yeah Hyper- so they found what's that they found peter he looks you know not so good but after a swift visit from Dr. Gaddas, who is like just visited all the houses in Weatherfield at the moment, she's she's, like, she's people, on call. Man. She's like, they tell me that I can only do phone calls, but I just can't help myself. I love, I love visiting these these lunatics. Just spreading spreading Corona from house to house. But As yeah, a she, Corona fairy. She's fine. I'm glad we got to see her. If only it was like a brief ten second appearance, wasn't it? Um, apparently Peter's got hypothermia, but he should be up and running fine by the end of the episode. She says. I don't yes. think it's normal to not go into the hospital, but maybe it's like, well, we've got enough. We've got we've got no beds. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, I think hypothermia, especially if you're an alcoholic and you're you've got borderline liver function problems. 
I don't think they're like, yeah, thaw yourself out. Why don't you have a hot toddy? Yeah, so stick the electric blanket on. You'll be right as rain in a couple of couple of scenes time. And he is, because he, he's, he's up and about, um, but sadly uh, still wanting to go out and get drunk somewhere. Well, he says... He, I don't know what I want he doesn't. Yeah, he's going. He doesn't know where he's going. He just wants to get away from this street, away from everybody, and he can't promise that he's not going to drink either. And that's the last we see of Peter. It did kind of feel a little bit to me like... I, I don't know whether... Obviously it did, but I didn't feel like huge gory progression in today's because the end of Wednesday's episode was Peter's gone out, where is he? I don't know. And now we're now we had that little blip where he was found passed out in the ginnel just for shock value maybe. And now, now he's gone again. And now he's back again. So they're gonna have to up the ante on Monday, maybe. But but how do you up the ante from being on the brink of death? <laughs> without yeah, actually just vomiting blood again. Mm. When in doubt, just puke up some blood. Well, that, that was pretty affecting the other week, wasn't it? When that happened, I just think I just think he's going to. I just feel as though this thing with Carla is. I don't know how you can resolve it because he just doesn't trust her anymore, and she's done nothing particularly apart from apologise to make it like okay again, and. She's just begged and whined. I kind of whined. think that they should just break up. Maybe it's it's sad to say, but maybe if he if he can't trust her, and it's making him do this, I'm trying to think of how to, how Peter can get out of this situation, and I just think he needs to go. I've got to focus on myself, so I'm gonna. We we can't be dating anymore, and then he'll say maybe he does know, end up in hospital where he is on death's door because his liver has failed. And then Daniel gives him a transplant and then he said, you know, slowly re- rebuilds himself from there. Mm. Maybe he does just need the love of a good woman that doesn't have baggage like Carla does. Somebody who can just love him for what he is, love his tattoos, love his little beard. I don't know. But there's, there's not many women without baggage on in Weatherfield at the moment, is there? No. Um, so, do you mean, do you think... Do you think that Daniel's going to end up giving his liver to to Peter? Is that is that going that way? Is he going to deliver a liver to Peter? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Or somebody unexpected will. You know, somebody's going to donate it, it somehow. It feels like you know, plotting wise with these sort of things, it's often the first people to offer to do that can't. And I'm just thinking, the the first one that comes to the top of my head is the Carla kidney transplant because there were a couple of false starts before it turned out that Aidan was the one to be a donor. Well, it, it depends on whether what I thought is actually the case is in that, you know, if you, have a, if you have a donor, if they're not your match, it still gets you higher up the list. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I wonder whether he will go off and booze, um, get himself in hospital, going, I don't care, I don't care, I want to die, let me die, and then in the next bed over is old Mrs... Oh yeah, we might see like, her again. Might well, we? I'm dying. So well done, you stupid sod. If I could have have had your luck and yeah. your chances, quite, I would kill. You know, I'd kill. That is you. a quite She's standard a soap thing to happen, isn't it? Have a, a, a another patient, yeah. similarly afflicted, that yeah. This dies. happens all the time in Corrie. That happened in that happened with um with Sinead's kale drinking mate, maybe, didn't it? Maybe and, the the son will come and visit and go, "Mummy, why would God be so cruel?" And she says, "There is no God." And then Peter says, I'll never let this happen to Simon. And then he, you know. Yeah, because Peter is being 
I mean, is he thinking of Simon or isn't he at the moment? He's trying he's to... He's being one of these, like, emo, like, everyone's better off without me because I'm such a bad person. Mm. And it's hard to argue. <laughs> Maybe, is he going to see how much Simon is struggling with Leanne? Does he think at the moment, well... He's like, Leanne's, Leanne's such a drag, Leanne's I don't want to be such a drag a great well. mum. He doesn't need two parents, does he? And he's going to like, find oh, out no, that Leanne is also, Leanne is you know, falling apart. Yeah. I I, maybe. I, I, I like the idea of that, that other woman you know, having to take one for the team <laughs> so <laughs> that Peter can survive. So, well, you know, somebody's got to die to make sure that everyone knows the situation is serious. Mm. It, I, I just, went, as soon as I saw her in the, in the um, waiting room and she was looking at Peter and you could tell she was going to say something, I'm like, oh, she's got a story to tell. We're going to find out before the end of this scene. Mm. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else, you know, storyline-wise, that might make an interesting donor? Could could Adam end up don- donating? Oh, God, yeah. Um, Probably. It's not going to be Ken, he's too old. That I, what, what, that I suppose with Adam, it's like, why would... I suppose if he's, feeling, he's, gui- feel, he's feeling guilty, he's maybe he contrite. would check. Possibly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought Carla could if she's already, you know... Missing a few organs of her own. She don't want to be she's giving got, her other excuse ones me, away. She's got three kidneys now. Oh yeah, she does. So they don't get she? rid of the old ones. <laughs> maybe maybe chopping off a bit of liver would give her free up a bit of a space bit in the space. abdomen for another another kidney. Maybe it it yeah. I, I like Daniel's offer, but I know it feels like maybe it's not going to come. I from I him. kind of want somebody to offer in a kind of really naive way and then be told are you sure because this you're this a match and, this. and then they're like oops no actually i i don't want to anymore mm. however what? they do it in my mind i don't know how it can be as good as the aiden one because at the time that felt like a you know standard donation story but then oh, looking the back standard. on it not that you get them not that you know the ten a penny or anything but when you look back on it after after the suicide thing and the reason why Aiden donated it and then the crying after the surgery and everything yep. is like that was that was good. Yeah. That was an excellent story. Um Well, they can't always be the same. Yeah. So I I, I don't think I, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say maybe it is it could be Adam that ends up giving a bit a bit of liver. But I don't know. Maybe. But um what did you what did you think about Ken this week? Have we have we ever talked about Ken and the fact that he I think he's it's still a bit in this off. whole I was I nearly killed myself once, so I know how you feel thing. It's like it's not the same, Ken. Mm. And he's saying that, you know, I had I've got thirty years of life out of it and imagine blah blah. It's like, yeah, but Ken, he got thirty good years of, of health and Peter's not looking at that. He's looking at liver failure and medical complications. Mm. And and you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what Ken's Ken's suicide thing was. It's kind of a bit problematic in retrospect because it just seemed like a spare of the moment thing, and it wasn't like he did. It wasn't depressed or anything, and he just kind of like went, "Well, I just pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I got on with life, and that's what you need to do." But he didn't have to battle with what caused him to come to that decision every day, like like Peter's doing because uh, you know even if peter now decides i'm never going to drink again he still every day has to you know overcome that problem of oh but i really want to whereas ken was like i'm like no oh, i really want those pills well ken ken you know tried to mean? ken tried to kill himself because of deirdre not yeah, having him back wasn't it and he's he, and then he, he got over it 
Yeah, that were friends by the next Christmas. It's fine. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Kent, Kent's trying to sort of make it about him and saying, "Look, we're the same." But Peter's not in the same situation at no, all. Not quite. Uh, did you think that he was being a bit harsh when he told Peter you can't stay here? Then no, I think he was trying to to help him by making it impossible for Peter to drink. But he didn't realise how much of a grip it's got on him. Which he kind Peter... of should have done by now. I know, but it's difficult to understand. Hmm. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. And the only other thing that I wanted to, to mention about this story was um, Daniel going for a PGCE. That oh. kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, God. He's going to be on it. He wants to become be... a teacher in the in the year where you don't actually have to go in and interact with the children. Because or have any homework. Work. <laughs> have any work that you have to do outside of I don't. I don't know lessons. much about how PGCEs work these days. What I don't is know it? Where, this is just, just teacher training. Yeah, this is... Yeah, he said he's literally, he's just started a course and, and I kind of thought that they all started in September oh, so no, I don't know no, how no, he's been able to that. get that but I might be wrong, maybe university. you can start PGCs whenever. I thought that one of our friends is doing something to do with teaching assistants something and a BTEC or something and she started now. Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, it, uh, do you like the idea of Daniel as, as a teacher? I mean, Only because I it's prefer so it. irritatingly obvious and like he's such a bloody stereotypical what people hate about teachers, isn't he? Such a pompous asshole with no life experience at all, he thinks. He can tell everybody else what to do. Because he read it in a poem And once. he's like, oh, yeah, I really like poetry. It's so great. Yeah, literature's brilliant. Like, ugh. Yeah, he did. He say, I, I I don't know whether he said what sort of teacher he was going to be, but I'm assuming English he's be teacher. An English like... teacher in secondary school. Yeah, just like his dad. <sighs> like, by the light, son. I quite like the idea of that because... I, he, I just it don't never, think it's he's never a felt pathetic character to become a teacher. So I'm like waiting for him to just be an asshole to everybody and make teachers look crap again on Coronation Street. I, I like the idea of getting this getting the school back into it. It felt right when Ken was a teacher. That was quite good. Well, they but, can't um, do any um, location shooting. They can't at the moment. They may be hoping that they'll be able to do that by the time he gets the qualification because you can't just snap your fingers and be can't a teacher. Can't just rock up and go. I know what I I can teach these kids. Yeah, and get Keats. to read. Keats, yeah. Byron. Um, Shakespeare. Michael Rosen. He's my personal favourite. Uh, no, it, it, I, I, I prefer him. the idea of him being that than... Because it's been so long, he's just been kind of loitering, wafting, or, wafting around, be, working at the bistro, which didn't really seem to fit with his skill set. So the, he is an intellectual. So, yeah, that's, that feels like a good job for me. But he is how much of it we'll see, I don't know. Adrian Mole. That's who I think of him as. Mm. Why is that? Because he's just like he just he just thinks so highly of himself, and he's just not that great. <laughs> and he feels like everything is like oh, I feel this more intensely than other people, and all my emotions are more important than other people's because I'm more intelligent. I do wonder whether we'll get school stories for him, um, because when Ken was a teacher, they went and they filmed yeah, scenes they rel- relatively they, they regularly had, at the school. Yeah, and they even had, like, school politics stories, didn't they? Like, yeah. oh, well, the, the governors want to do this. So yeah, yeah, and the PTA that, that, and yeah. uh, Mrs Jeffers' oh, d- redundancies. Oh, the parents complaining. And yeah. I, I kind of would like that, but I also think I'd hate it, because I don't think Corey would do it very well. Well, they did it a little bit with Brian, haven't they? And the th- thing is, so I think he might have missed the chance to be the teacher of any of the kids that are on Corrie at the moment because that would actually be quite fun 
to sort of watch an NQT trying to wrangle these like teenagers who are like, look, you live around the road yeah, from there's me. There's still plenty. It could be I Max's teacher, could... it could be Liam's teacher, it could be Jack's teacher. No, I'm talking about Asher and Ardy and Oh yeah, yeah, those those. And Summer is... and Amy and Faye. Yeah. Faye. Yeah. They're all too old now. But that would have been like they'd be like, Oh, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> like you you served my drinks last year. You bought me a steak and it was overdone, so whatever. <laughs> Right, speaking of Asher and the others, Gemma, I will let you pass over and tell us what's been going on to the twins Yay, with their sweet do, 16. I get to do... So they're really 15, but we're going to not mention that. I came up with a great storyline title, which we missed two years ago when Simon turned 16. We'd have called it Simon Says. No. That's French, isn't it? It wasn't worth it. You on go. Monday, <laughs> Deb says, Oh, I've got a big surprise for your birthday tomorrow, twins. You're going to like it a lot. And they're like, I don't think so. <laughs> Whenever your parents tell you they've got a great surprise when you're a kid, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> what do you, you get like that? You're like, I don't think I don't you know, know what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my parents were pretty good. Uh, they got me some good stuff for my 18th birthday. You um, get a bouncy castle for your 18th birthday. And a laptop and a mobile phone. Wow. Yeah. And but he- did they buy you a shop? No, they didn't. But I don't think he bought them a shop, did he? He just changed the changed sign. the sign. So on um, Monday, Asher goes to the cafe and chats with Nina. There is definitely something going on between these two. It's fairly obvious at this point. That I don't know. Do something romantic I don't know. between these two. I wonder whether they're just kind of floating it to see what the general reaction is on social media maybe and what the general reaction is I'm not, <laughs> not no they, they plan these as I know from having recently spoken to story editor Joe Parkinson that this gets planned six months in advance I'm sure they know what's going to happen but yeah I don't know I don't think it needs it. I really really like their friendship and it, I don't I know, think it I needs think to turn it... into anything romantic but maybe but you know, there is going to be some unrequited but it still feel would feel weird to me if Nina was the one that was praying that's not the right word on Asher Yes, <laughs> crashing on Asher because there is a couple of year age difference. I don't know, it doesn't I feel quite right I don't know what right it's yet. like for, for girls, though. Like, when it's an older boy, it feels predatory, but when it's two girls, it doesn't feel quite as exploitative. Mm. And also, let's not forget that we don't... I mean, lesbian characters on the street, where are they? Crushed underneath the remains of the factory one's roof. One's dead, one's, one's been disbarred. <laughs> Um, sending the other one sending herself in Bali yeah so you know I don't know I don't know whether I we're like... not lesbians so we're not, we we can say oh yeah we don't really want but you know if you're if you're watching it and you want somebody like you in the show the idea of a um, you know a, a Nina crushing on anybody could be quite funny I imagine just, you, know, you know that I imagine like you know a vampire coming up to your bedroom window in the night you remember you know on what we do in the shadows and they had yeah. um, what's, a, what's, the, what's the character which one the girl uh, Nadia. Nadia talking about when she went up to the window and Hello. saw. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was masturbating. Was he? In you that story. the tone of the podcast. You're talking about. <laughs> and she took a photo. Do you remember? <laughs> I don't remember. It's very so, yeah, I can imagine that Nina is going to come flying up to Asher's bedroom well, I window. I hope Asher's <laughs> got her hands over the top of the duvet. <laughs> you brought it up. I didn't. I really didn't, Lola. You did. Let's so, move on. Um, so they have a nice chat about birthdays and stuff and she says, I don't even think Corey's remembered it's my birthday. I don't get that. I don't know why. He's probably got a countdown timer on his phone. He's like creepy enough to... The, to... the, sh- the, the, the shag timer or something. He is creepy. Yeah. 
Dad's got his site. What? Nothing, nothing. Dad's got the shop sign covered up, and he's excited about it. He wants everyone to know he's got a present lined up. He's accosting people in the street. Nobody's that bothered. <laughs> uh, Corey wants to have a cozy night in with Asha on her birthday. He's established that he knows it's her birthday, and she's like, "Oh, uh, um, like she knows why he wants her to," and she's not really keen, and she can't think of a way really just to get out of it Mm. nina comes in and it was quite funny because she says um she's got a present and uh asha's like oh what's that and she says oh that's for ardy and asha's like okay it's for you you idiot and she and she opens it and it's a choker because asha said i like your choker to nina so she got her one to match that means they're lesbians (laughs) (laughs) on wednesday birthday hooray Dev gets full on deving on the, the beginning of Wednesday's yep. episode. He's got his he's got his um, blowy. What's it called? The party woo- pooper. Pa- no, not a party pooper. You know party the thing. shooter. Party yeah. pooper. And he, and he's got his balloons everywhere. He's he's having a great time. Oh, do you know what? It's so sweet, isn't it? He's so sweet. It's like oh, he's trying his hardest because there's only he's only him. Yeah. Aww. Uh, but Sunita gets lots of call outs on she gets Wednesdays. A shout out, yeah. I I thought that was very sweet and. Yeah, Asha, I found, was being kind of bitchy. She's and being nasty, a right bitchy. A bit, bit bitch cowy towards Ardy yeah. on, uh, on Wednesday. She's got a lot going on, hasn't she, I she's suppose, is all we can say. She, she, she thinks that she's going to be, you know, leapt upon tonight when she doesn't want it. So it's no wonder I, I'm going to give her a bit of a pass to be a I bit mean, of a cow on Wednesday. I mean, if you're talking about, oh, you know, Asha um, and Nina, is, you know, is there anything, like, is it, is it, uh, does it make sense um, that they would both want to have a relationship with each other. I don't know. Is the fact that Ash is so reluctant? Is it like she, she might, she might be gay and she doesn't know? I mean, they've had that, haven't they? I mean, they had I, that I'm with, just going to say, you don't have to be, you don't have to be gay to not want to lose your virginity on your sixteenth birthday to a creep. Yeah. Just to get that out there as well. <laughs> um, Dad reveals his his present. <laughs> He's got a sign that says da. <laughs> Actually, it says da na da. D and A and A Alahan. I, I like it, how they spend the morning. And, and, uh, no, D and ah. Yeah. I like how they spend the morning remembering Sunita and I'll oh, be Miss Sunita and she'd be so proud of you. By the way, I've just scrubbed Sunita from the sign of my shop. <laughs> no longer D and S Alahans. No, it's D and Ash is not impressed. She doesn't really want to be part of the business. Yeah, she says she, she doesn't want to be publicly associated with... It's harsh. They're such a pair of snooty little snobby snob snobs, these kids. There was a bit where Ardy's like going to, oh, yeah, my dad doesn't care about me. He just, he like lets me fend for myself. It's like, you stupid rich kid. Like, he's sacrificing so much money. You go to private school and you've been given part of your, a business for your 16th birthday and you're still bitching about how your dad is lame and doesn't give well, you Well, I mean, anything. this was the confusing part because as soon as I saw that sign, I was like, oh, he's, he's you know, inviting the twins to be part of the business and, and you know, be, yeah. you know, on the, on, the, on the management team among the owners. But the twins' initial thoughts are, I'm just on the sign. Yeah. And I would have they thought really that if... explain it. I would have thought that they would have initially... I would have said, what does that mean? Yeah. That or would or I would have thought they question. would have assumed that, oh, Do you're giving profits? us the shop, this is great. And then yeah. Deb's like, no, it's just a sign, man. <laughs> but it was, it was this, weird. This is like this is like the weird disconnect that Coronation Street has between actual real working class people and people on Coronation Street. Because 
I mean, remember when Sophie turned 21 and she got 21% share in her dad's business? Yeah. That's proper working class, that is. No, <laughs> it isn't. Like... It is a garage, though, Gemma. <laughs> if you work with your hands... a sushi barber. If you work with your hands, you're working class, mm-hmm. automatically. Even if you own your own business. Yeah, that makes sense. This, I think we, like, English people, British people, are so just confused about class used to be a lot easier to work out who was working class and who was middle class. But, um, yeah, so he's like, oh, he can see Simon and he's like, oh, whatever, I don't even care. And Simon's like, do you not want to just check to see whether, you know, the sign comes with the shop? Um, Nina, Nina and Asha in the cafe. Nina's made her a cake. Asha blows the candle out all over her, <laughs> giving her coronavirus for her 16th birthday. Tells her about the shop sign and she's like, oh, I love my choker. And I think she's wearing it, isn't she? Yeah. I, I, I don't think it suits her. <laughs> Sorry to say. I, think a little I don't bit. know if it goes with her outfit. No, but, you know. I think Nina should have made her in a different colour, maybe. Mm. Corey and Asha are going to have lunch in the cafe. And he's like, oh, I'm going to give you a special present. It's like, we don't want that special present. Keep it in your pants. Yasmin sees Corey. She's in there as well. I think Nina's in there at the same time. Yeah. And Corey's making fun of the choker. He's, he was... I, I loved this. Uh, this was this was bit here was what got me hooked the most this week. Just like... I was seriously invested in what a arse Corey was being. He's but I loved... Arse. I loved Jasmine's inclusion in it. And yes, it was all very nice and convenient that she happened to be there and she recognises Jeff's controlling behaviour. But Soap's all about that, isn't it? But I, I, I loved those scenes. And and I I do like because there was there has been a point in the past where I thought that Corey was they were at risk of being redeemed, but this was uh, I mean if it couldn't be any clearer from this that um, he's a wrong one. He is a wrong one. And I've got to give a shout out to the actor. He's got an amazing name as well. He's called Maximus Evans. He plays Corey, and he plays him such an arsehole. It's he's perfect. Mm. I often think it must. It takes it takes a bit of like. When when I guess lots of people when you think of acting like you think oh do that I'd like to be the cool people I'd like to I'd like to be you know James Bond or whatever mm. but I guess you also have fun playing villains too because but Co- Corey thinks he's cool doesn't he he's so cocky and he, he, the the stuff he was saying to Asher saying you look like a dog take it off yeah he, he was must like... have such a high opinion of himself oh, to think yeah. that he can safely say that without her. Dumping him because he's he's he's, he's at Corey. He's the he's the guy that all the girls you know um, uh, are swooning at. Oh yeah, and boys boys don't normally aren't like this. You're right. <laughs> so she's um, he's like making fun of her, calling her a dog, and saying it doesn't suit her. And he she takes it off like reluctantly, and then he leaves. And Yasmin goes and talks to her and says, "Look, I don't want to be out speak out of turn here, but Corey doesn't seem like he's being very." Kind. And Asha's like, shut up, it's none of your business. Who cares? It's just Bance. Oh, yeah, that's what she said. Here's a note, girls. It's not Bance. If you don't, if it's not making, if everyone's not laughing, it's not Bance. She knows it's not, but she's. I know. She's, she's she, trying to be Corey cool is well. what she thought that she wanted yeah, for all yeah. this time, and now she's got it, and she she doesn't want to lose face by admitting that. Well, it's you the know, sunk it's cost fallacy. So... It's like, how much crap has she been through for this stupid boy? Yeah. So um, Nina Nina comes over and she's like, "Oh, are you okay? Where's your where's your choker?" Um, and she kind of admits, like, "Well, Yasmin says, oh, I'm sorry, I might be being oversensitive, but it really feels like Corey and Jeff are the same person.'" 
And he used to tell me, he used to question everything I said. Never. No, no, no. She said I used to question everything that I said. That's what I thought I said. No. He used to question everything I said. No, I, Yasmin. I used to always worry about what I was saying. Yeah, I I thought that I I was always saying the wrong thing. I never never examined what he was saying. Yeah. Um, And then she says, like, would you let a friend or a relative go through this? So why would you let yourself go through this? Which, which I think, I think the first time I heard it, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, why treat yourself as bad so badly, and why be so mean to yourself? You wouldn't do that to your friend, but it doesn't work when you're like, but I like my friends, I don't like myself, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm a bitch to myself." All, all of this was so good, and, and well, still, yeah. once again, yeah. props to Tanisha. Asha's like, right, you're right, actually. She the the little reactions that that Tanisha was doing the. She she plays it just so what she doesn't over the top it she doesn't yeah yeah she comes across as so sympathetic she's Nina says great. boys like Corey don't like it when things don't go their way and when it happens you need to get rid of them and um, definitely a bit of toxic masculinity going on here a little bit with him it isn't there just a tad um, so he they meet up together yeah they go back home don't they her and Corey she meets up with him and he's he's like let's go upstairs and she's like no. And he's got, she's got a choker back on. He's like, why are you wearing that again? I told you, you look stupid. And she says, well, if you don't like looking at it, you don't have to. And he, he says, well, what do you mean? What do you he's mean? He's quite taken aback. He seems like yeah. the guy that nobody has ever said no well, to. Because he thinks he's the bee's knees, like you said. He thinks he's hot shot. He thinks... He thinks... Because he's rich as well, I think, isn't he? Yeah. He, he, I think he's got a certain idea in, in his mind. Like, he's helping Asher out because, um, like... I don't know. Is he a bit racist? Is he thinking, you know, oh... You know, you're lower st- lower status than I am because I'm white and you're you're Asian, and so I'm I'm t- picking you. You know, I don't know. There's something. I don't definitely... know. I mean, I just think it's like you're a nerd and I, I'm cool. I'm surprised it, that, that. But do you not think there's definitely something about him? Like I'm doing you a favor here because I'm Corey and you're just Asher. Yeah, I guess so. I just I don't know why he's even putting up with any of. It. I mean, he does leave pretty <laughs> quick. But... <laughs> what do you no, mean? No, no, I don't. I don't mean that. Why is he putting up with her? <laughs> That's what you just why, said. why does he continue to cling on to her? Because he, he wants re- to shag her. But, there, but surely there's he feels plenty like of in girls no, willing to I throw think, themselves at I think him. he feels like he's owed a shag. Honestly, I think he thinks like she owes it to him mm. because of all the times he's put up with her and how much he's how long he's been her girlfriend, her her boyfriend, and not had not had sex with her. And like oh, all the other girl girls have sex with their boyfriends. Why do I have to wait? Blah blah blah. You know, I waited till you're sixteen. Now you're sixteen. Now you owe me. Mm. And as soon as he basically, as soon as he, as soon as he get, he realizes he ain't getting what he wants. He leaves. So yeah. that's what he was after. I love her little, um, little expression that she gives at the end of the scene. She likes looks kind of quite pleased with herself as yeah. she as he leaves. Like, she says, "You I can't, you can't decide what I wear." Um, he says, "Take it off and say sorry." She says, "No." So he leaves, and then she's like, "Ha, I did it." So there you go. Talk about um, what's it called? Rite of passage, you know. Mm she's she really she's become 16 and a woman <laughs> just by I, accident on the same day I, I hope that this you know newfound confidence that she's gained by she, she's learnt now oh i i can actually don't need be him. in control i don't need a man because she's cause the whole you know last year and a half of asha's story has been her not feeling comfortable with her own body and feeling like she's she's worthless and uh and everything and now hopefully she's seeing no oh, i yeah i can I, i'm better yeah, than that but Poor Asha, you know, bear in mind that she's a girl struggling with puberty in a house with a man and a boy. 
and it must be really hard because she's having all these changes and nobody's helping her or telling her. Mm. She's she's really strong and she doesn't realise how strong she is because of all that she's been through. Well, that's there. Hopefully this will make her realise just a little bit. And with all, you know, the best one in the world, Dev's done the best he can for certain things, aren't mm. there, that he doesn't know, he can't relate to. Mm. Um, Dev sees Simon and he says, do you want a job delivering fish and chips? And Ardy's going to do it too. I don't know why Ardy's involved in delivering fish and chips when he's now a part at business owner. <laughs> well, that's what he was saying, because he said, oh, can't it be, you know... Well, he, he, he doesn't think he should lower himself to that, but Dev's refusing to let, just give him a job right at the top, even though the next episode he's there with his suit and shirt and tie and everything. He says, no, are you, I'm not going to just hand this to you on a plate. Good. I kind of missed the bit where Ardy went to Dev and said, is it a sign or is it more? And I had to and rewatch that really scene. Know. Well, by, by by today's episode, it did feel a lot more like, oh, oh, okay, he does want Ardy to help with the business and, you know, take it on from him and everything. But, it, yeah, it wasn't, to me, completely clear on Wednesday's episode. I don't know what Dev wants for his children. I think he likes the idea of the Alahan legacy continuing. Because he was always, always, you know, so proud of his string of shops and now he's only got one left. <laughs> and I think he feels that if it goes to a... He's got a, he's got a kebab shop and a fish and chip shop. Yeah, and I, and I think that... But but the only one of those carries the name Alahan. And I think that if he felt that somebody else took the shop on after me, that would be, you know, the end of the the line. Yeah, yeah, well, you still have kids. But you know what I mean? The, the, I guess the reason I'm asking this is because at 16, he's given them a part share, I don't know, or something, involved them somehow in the business, but he's also paying for them to go to private school. And no, they're I don't not going feel to private school though... anymore. They're back at where they hire, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, I think so. Well, it's a waste of money sending them <laughs> off, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I invest in children's education, definitely, but talking you know, from a generation of people who went to university because we were told that that's what you've got to do, just with your life and then work out later what you're going to use it for and spend thousands of pounds <laughs> on education for no you know tangible benefit i feel a bit like you need to actually work out what the what you're going to get out of something before you do it <laughs> your boss checked that you had a degree he said there? have you got a degree and i said yeah and he said what is it in and i said english he went okay and that was it he didn't ask me what my grade was where i went no. i went to a russell group university and i didn't even get to credit for it but I'm secretly glad you didn't ask me for my grade because I didn't get first, did I, Michael? No. <laughs> I don't look down on you for it, though. You, because you didn't really get one I either. I totally got a first. Right. <laughs> Actually. I got, I got a 2-1, though. That's good, not my it? fault there was a mistake in the exam paper, you which meant up to everyone's grade by a little bit, and I only cheered. just crossed over the, the boundaries, but it not matter. Never forget. First <sighs> no, I'll never forget that. <laughs> don't worry they'll probably invent a first star soon oh, anyway probably, yeah the, you you've got and you've got to pay an extra three grand a year to unlock that grade <laughs> um right so dev c simon oh, we've the, done the that operation job just, no we haven't hands have a time nice time and they were talking about what is sunita's favorite film is it like, titanic? i thought it was titanic but to be fair i feel as though you can't judge her for her taste in cinema because she was cut short so young she didn't get to see lots of films that have been out since then that were really good <laughs> so I don't really want to judge her because Titanic is a bit of a sh- oh and at least I don't read word 
bit of a rubbish film, yeah, I, I, in my opinion. I, I, I think that you like. What I thought was weird was that Toya assumed that what was Sunita's favourite film way back then would still be a favourite film when she died because when to- what does well Toya never <laughs> she took it to her grave. Well, no, Toya was wasn't in the show when Sunita died, was she? So okay. Toya left Coronation Street in the early two thousands, okay. and Sunita still had you know a good ten years left in her there. Toya was. Uh, Toya assumed that well, a, another film didn't come along that replaced Titanic. How could it, Michael? Although it, it was an, it was just some Bollywood film, wasn't it? That that they ended up watching together. Not... I thought it was sweet. They just had nice, happy, warm family times, and and to Ashes there feeling pleased with herself. It was just lovely. I love I love it when. Yeah, I like it. We had when... it today as well, didn't we? Alahan's happy together. Yeah, but I also like it when they're like. The, the parents like it's happy family time everyone and like somebody's going yay and somebody else is like this is the worst thing I hate I, I, it was just really sweet when Dev said to, to Asha do you want to we want to watch this film with us and she said yeah and he was happy, cl- happy that she she yeah. wanted to join in it was great what yeah. I also loved with the Allahans on Friday when Dev and Adi do their little dance together I when... know they're so goddamn adorable I love them all so much I really love the amount of care that's been put into just kind of making them cohesive family and I'm so glad that they brought in Adam Hussein yeah um I feel like he's a massive asset and he is not afraid to make a bit of a, a tit out of the character is he? no um on Friday so he's got his little suit on and he's got this like really ridiculously like Donald Trump-esque long tie <laughs> and he's like oh well, can I suck people and Dev's like no you're just a trainee and there, I think there was definitely there's definitely I I thought a bit of um temptation probably to make him into just a little asshole you know like just a tiny little hitler yeah but they didn't so um so dev is pleased to hear and so is Ardy, that Corey and um asha have split up she's a bit blue about it and dev's like oh do you want do you want to talk to me about it she's like no i don't but and she goes into the kitchen and then dev and Cor- um dev and Ardy are like yay when her back turn and do like a little dance together like you said then ardy's got this like um mission that he's going to go and do performance development reviews with Bernie and Kathy and he's like he's there in his silly little suit and they're like whatever I just I, lo- I Kathy, loved how they just yeah laughed him yeah at laughed the kebab at him. shop basically. and then Deb comes along and and he they chuck him out of the shop as Deb's walking down the road and then and he's going no like you can't or whatever he's shouting at them and they're like going get out of there and he he's like what the hell are you doing what is going on and it turns out that they were role playing how to how to deal with dif- difficult customers. And then there's a bit later on where Ardy says, um, "I was gonna do this, that, and the other, but then I realised that Bernie and Kathy actually have a lot more experience and they know more than I do. So I learned from them." And I was like, "Ardy, I love you so sweet, and you're really you got your head screwed on." Yeah. They they really could have made him into you know a little git, but they they gave him they've given him a. Mm. All, all three of the Allahans had a moment, you know, in the sun this week. They really are so likable and, and it, still it, human. It, it could have, they didn't need to do that with Adi today because it was really, it was Asha's week, wasn't it? It was about her overcoming Corey. But Deb was still wonderful. I mean, like when he was offering today to have a have a sympathetic listen to, to, to Asha when he was doing his little dance with, with, with him. Even just seeing how pleased he was to give the shot to the twins I was know. lovely for Deb. And I then, just love... So today was all about 
today was all about Ardy. It when was, dads it was... are so happy to indulge their children, I just it just makes my heart mm. happy. I, it's it's great. I mean, Dev has been He's had softie, been floundering as a character yeah. for quite a while, and it just goes to show because we're seeing a lot of love for the Allahans at the moment. That I don't think you should ever completely write a, you know, character. Write a character off, and it, and it goes to show you that the family bonds are not necessarily like big issues based plots or like bombastic you know soap soap cover storylines they're not always what makes you like a character mm. no no you're right um so that that was all lovely really can we should we should we talk about this elephant in the room that seems to have what? got to social media in a frenzy this week about the fact that asher and Ardi aren't really 16 <laughs> we, we we worked this out a while ago that they weren't that they've been aged up, and I. They've been I, aged up a while ago. That they, they were, they've been an, a year older than they're supposed to have been for a good five years, because I, I, I was it five or so? that they celebrated a birthday. I think it was. I think they got moved up to Weatherfield High at the same time as Amy. I think just to make it easier, but and it's happened been happened a few times before. Like um, I think Mark Redman, Mike's son, was aged up so that he could go to school with Nick. Um, it's it's rare. And it's annoying because, like, you know, you go on the Corypedia page and it says, oh, they were born in 2006 and now they're 16, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it, I don't it, care. It has, been, it has been out there for a very long time. Yeah, this is the thing. I was mad about it when it happened. And, and it's, it, it, it wasn't, it's not recent. <laughs> I'm not mad about it anymore. No. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's made, made the headlines on, you know, Digital Spy and, and the Mirror with their few pages and everything. Cory fans outraged as Cory yeah, gets... By, yeah, by that, wrong, you just something. mean that they quote tweeted yeah. some people. Well, actually, they just probably copied their tweets and didn't credit them. Mm. So, yes, they, they, their age is... I don't think it's that controversial. I think just some people noticed for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what do you, what's, your, what's your take on the whole uh, changing of the guard? Well, it's not really changing the guard, is it, at the shop? Do you think it's about time? Because I, 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 to be honest, have been looking at that sign for a good few years now and thinking, why is he still calling it DNS Allahans? I know it's kind of sweet. I think it's sad that they kind of got rid of her name without... I know they paid tribute to her, but it felt like they they kind of erased her. The <laughs> and then went, I, oh, she likes Titanic. The thing is, Sunita is still very much a part of that household, isn't she? Because she's got, like, her photos are up everywhere. Speaking of which... I got a bit confused because, uh, you know, we've had all these recasts recently, all three of them, and I'm looking at the photos in the background, and I swear that half of the photos of Ardy this week in the house were of uh, of Adam's Ardy when he was little, and half of them were of Zenon's Ardy, which was weird. There was definitely were, a picture that really, really looked like... Uh, there, there was literally a picture of, of Sunita, um, Asher and Ardy, and it was clearly you know, Shobna... Tanisha and Zenon and literally Adam's head had been placed over the top of it it looked <laughs> that bad but um anyway what was I saying yeah you were talking about the name change of the sign oh yeah no but Sunita so, so hasn't been forgotten and he, even when like Deb was going out with I mean this is all part of his floundering stage it's like oh let's make him go out with Stella for a bit let's make him go out with Erica didn't work even through all that, Sunita was up there, wasn't she? She's she's yeah, got a little, I don't, a little shrine. And, I think this is and the, she's she's gone from the shop, but she has not gone from their lives. I good. think it's really good that Corey went. Oh gosh, we we need to do something with Allah and didn't just go. 
Dev can date so and so. Yeah. Because I think quite a lot of the times when they get to a character and they're like, God, we haven't done anything with this character for a while. They can date so and so, and it never works. I mean, and we know that Dev's useless with women. Yeah. He's a bit of a schmoozer and a slime ball. And he just, he doesn't he's not endearing when he's lusting after women like a hound dog. No, no. And I, I re- anyway, I thought this week was really lovely. I really liked. I want to see Ardy bossing Evelyn around at the shop. I want to see him have a crack at it. I would love that. That's got to come. Surely somebody has written a scene where Ardy tries I to put Evelyn in his I think it would place. be really funny if he came in and he was like, do this, do that, do this. And, and Evelyn's like, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Three bags full, sir. And she does all everything he's, she gets told. And then it turns out it's all completely wrong. And he's wrecked something or done yeah. something awful and, or sold off stuff at half the price. That would be funny. And she just let him do it because she is such a cow. She would definitely throw him under the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, do you see, like, if you, if you think of the corner shop in 10, 20 years' time, do you see Ardy as the owner? Would you like that? Oh, what about Asha? You think Ash is not bothered? Well, she, he, he seems more into it. I think she feels like she could she's do more. She's got other and things to worry about. She, she, yeah, she has. And, I think and she I, thinks as well she's like too good for it. And, and yeah. I think that Ardy, before he got his good results and his exams, he was like, God, what do I do with my life? But now he's like, oh, okay, I can just own a shop. I know we haven't seen a whole lot of the twins. That It's only in, been in the last couple of years that they've really been developed as characters. But she did come always appear to be the smarter one and, and Ardy was dense and, and Zenon's yep. Ardy was super dense and, and, and new Ardy seems to have you know suddenly acquired he's a bit more a bit more, on. yeah a bit more smarts but I, I think he I think he'd like the idea of having the shop I, I, know, I wouldn't I mind think, I think, you know it's wrong to characterise people who own shops as like not being very bright. No, no, I just. Don't... And then that's not what you're trying to say. I just want to make it obvious that that's not what we're saying. Yeah, he he he's never come across as having an you know, intellectual ambition. I wonder. The thing is, you know, I, academic. I'm I mean. surprised that Ardy and Asha didn't just go. Yeah, great. We thought you'd do this. So what? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm glad they 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 really could have been spoiled about it and gone. Yeah, well, whatever, Dad. We thought we'd get your shop anyway. Mm. Whereas they seem to be like, well, at least Ardy was grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with with the Corey stuff, um, it didn't necessarily... I'm really happy with the way it turned out, and I don't think it's over yet, but it didn't go the way I expected. I was... On the scene where he was trying to get her to take the choker off for the second time in the house and trying to get her upstairs, I was really He's foreseeing so a, you know, a, a I rape. think there was, there's far too much of that now. I know that it's mirrors real life, but we said before about how realistic do you want it to be and when does it get repetitive? And unfortunately, if there was another storyline with a girl who was being forced to have sex with somebody when she didn't really consent, it would feel a bit like, oh, yep, here we go again. And and there's a point at which it becomes detrimental to whatever you're trying to achieve because, unfortunately, people you know, would get the impression like, oh, I'm being preached to now or, mm. you know, they're just being, they're just the PC brigade again, you know, and people switch off. If they start feeling like they're being preached to, you know, and I think that, that that's what the impression I would get out of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's nice as well to see a range of different reactions, you know. Not everybody's Faye strong went along enough. with it because she felt that she had to. But well, yeah, because, yeah. Asha was and Asha to... was like, no. Mm. It's but not like all women are, you know... 
it equally it still at risk no. of this. It still doesn't feel like it's over, though. I, I wouldn't be surprised I if we haven't seen the back of Corey, and I still wonder whether Corey's he... Corey's and... going to do something online, or, like, you know, maybe revenge porn or something horrible, spread a rumour and say she's I don't, him. Or I don't think he's got any more, you know, footage of her that isn't already now widely available on the Weatherfield internet. But you internet. know what I'm saying? I think he's going to do something. Yeah. Like that, like online like malicious gossip rumours spreading because he's you know he's a toad I hate him so much he's lost face over this hasn't he he was hoping to get bragging rights with his mates probably but you see the good thing about it I think um, people were very (sighs) demonised young young men don't they Mm. for for this sort of thing and there's a definite risk of like lumping them all together and saying, oh, teenage boys only after one thing, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I'm really, really glad that Ardy's in this storyline because he is a good young kid, isn't he? He's got I'm, he's got I'm so compass. intrigued about Ardy because he... He feels like he's he's like the, the antithesis of what Corey is like. He feels like an honourable guy. He's a young boy. He's got... He's not going to... You can't see him like coercing somebody in the same way that Corey does and I think it's good to have a balance there because you don't want you don't want if you're watching Corey you see a lot of young admirable girls and it's there's a danger of like not balancing that out but you've got Simon who's now becoming a kind of a very moral character where he's looking out for his mum and trying his best you know he had all that trouble when he was a hoodlum and then you've got Ardy, who's like just been enthusiastic and sweet, but you've also got Corey, who's like a balance. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm wondering when Ardy's gonna, you know, have his first romantic entanglement. I don't really need it at the moment, but it's always, it, it's always starting to feel a bit weird that there's been not a sniffed. I mean, he said, "Oh yeah, I've, I've had girlfriends or whatever," but it always came across as like, he was making it my up. My girlfriend's from Canada. You wouldn't know her. She goes to a different <laughs> school. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's over for Corey. Um, I thought it was hilarious when Ashi Asha <laughs> tells Ardy he looks like a oh second that was great. car salesman. He's like, cool. That a <laughs> that is so I don't funny. think he's that stupid, but it was still quite funny and sweet. He was just proud of himself in his. I love it. Man. I love watching him blossom. <laughs> mm. Sounds creepy. I feel like an aunt. I don't have. I haven't got anybody else to. Um, to enthuse over so this fictional child can be love that I, I mean we're just we've been I, I think if people haven't got the picture by now we are Loving much it. enthused about this and adding Yasmin to the mix this week mwah, perfect oh, it was that's a bit what of we've missed about Yasmin as well wasn't it it's like yep one I of my favourite things about Yasmin used to be how she used to help people and give them advice yep. and stand up for people and be a, a proper sympathetic ear and, and the wise woman yep. who would pass on her she's like you know, her boy experience. without the and now she's had an awful experience with Jess, but she's able to Jess. Jeff, <laughs> but able to from that use you know, use it to help other other people. Great, All we great, need great now stuff. is for her wardrobe to come back. Yeah. Where's her lovely scarves? Please bring those back. <laughs> right. Next story. Are we going to do the uh, the the Faye one then? This, yep. this is back to me, isn't it? There, there's everyone's moving house this week, aren't they? And it's it's happening quickly. But I suppose it makes sense if David was given two weeks to. To move, but they're well, he's all going to raise the place, Michael. They're Do you all not listen packing, to all packing their boxes, and they're all talking about this move. And, and it's, I'm still thinking, like, what's going to happen? They're not going next anywhere. Week? They're all, they're all, yeah, they're, they can't be going anywhere. But they're all talking about like they really are. And uh, Tim's um, the, in amongst all the boxes in Sally and Tim's house is the streetcar's chair, which Tim has won 
because obviously Streetcar's office is closing down now as well because of Ray. Sally is not having it in her house, she says. Faye comes down in a rubbish mood and um, it might have even been that early on in Monday's episode where Faye gives clues that um, she might be Faye Faye in the family way once more. <laughs> what? But she's, she's, she's being sick. Or right, the, so the, the spoiler is that she's not pregnant. No. But she's all week saying, oh, I'm really ill in the morning. So she, what the I hell think, is actually wrong with her? I think Coronation <clears throat> Street, it felt like that they were being putting these subtle hints in, but it seemed really obvious. It wasn't it? So subtle I'm, at all. I I'm thought I was that, being smart, but then they kept saying it. I was like, yeah, I get, I get it. it. I get it. I'm glad that by Friday they you know, got it out of the way and like, well, no, she's not. And they didn't string it out for, for another week or um, anything. Yeah, so... So she... So... She's like being sick in the mornings and stuff, and mm. then and then later on, there's a bit where Sally says, "Oh, I think it was that I had dodgy mints and it's I made it into shepherd's pie." And it's like, why would you put rotting? I don't like she food said because waste. we're moving house. I don't, like, so what? Don't, don't throw you, the mints you don't need away. to eat rotten food. <laughs> I really hate that, and it was another case of like, woman can't cook. Why was Tim not making shepherd's pie out of rotten mints? Yeah, right. We had, what else did we have on the Monday? I was just trying to make sense of my notes. I got myself sidetracked. I apologise. Yeah, you get. Where are you getting texts from? I'm not getting texts from anybody. I'm waiting for you to read the story out. Sorry. Okay. So Tim goes to get his rucksack back from Maria later (laughs) on, and and Maria's being a bit cryptic about how Faye's doing because she knows obviously about the whole rapey, rapey, bonky, heady thing that's been going on. Faye's yeah, because all on. Was it Monday or just Monday where Tim's walking around like, where's my rucksack? Where's my rucksack? And I was like, where is his rucksack? Why do we care? Oh, yeah, you and then didn't I was like, that, oh, it's the rucksack that had the weapon in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Faye is still wanting to go and confess to the police. Oh, did you say that Tim's got street cars chairs? I said, I said all that. Yeah, yeah I said all that. Um, she... She yeah she says I was throwing up with guilt that's right that was the clue on Monday wasn't I think it, that... I think honestly she just had she was distressed yeah yeah um, and um, they, and Gary speaks to Maria on the phone and he doesn't know how they're going to get out of this so it, it was it was a slow burn on Monday Wednesday um, the the policeman the detective Willits comes to see Tim and I had to watch some of the scenes like two or three times I couldn't I couldn't join all this together in my head but basically he says right. So we, because what happened was Adam was, a, uh, <laughs> Gary was picked up with the rucksack, wasn't he? With the trophy and it was used to bash Adam in. And because there was a receipt in there that had Tim's name and address on it, they were able to say, oh, this is Tim. So Willits goes around there and says, why would Gary have your rucksack and why did it have that award in? Tim hasn't got a clue because he's forgotten that he's lent it to Gary. Um, and then... No, I forgot. I mean, again. really, Willis, the, Willis must be thinking this doesn't really make any sense. Why would you walk into someone else's house with a with an attempted murder weapon in your bag in, and steal their bag and put a murder weapon in it? No, it's not, I know it's not murder, but like from his perspective, he must be baffled about what the connection is between Gary and Tim and Faye. Well, he says, well, your daughter Faye works in the bistro, doesn't she? And this award was from the bistro. So was she stuffing this under her bed? And Tim's yeah, thinking... Yeah, why would she do that? Well, did Gary make Faye stuff it under her bed after he bludgeoned Adam I with guess, her? I guess, and then Gary goes to retrieve sister. it sort of thing, 
Yeah, so he basically says, will it say, I need to speak to Faye. Um, so Sally comes home later and Tim tells her everything that's happened and he tells her that he didn't tell Willits about Gary taking the bag with Faye's stuff in because he didn't want to make anything worse for Faye. And what if she did know that Gary was trying to stash the weapon there? It, and she's I, been really, really weird I'm recently and she keeps throwing up in the mornings. This. And so he says, look, talk to me later, I've got to make a gone off shepherd's pie. Yeah. So Tim goes to tell Faye about what's happened earlier with the police coming around and she's immediately evasive about the whole thing. She's all over the place. She's tired all the time, not pregnant. And he he accuses her of knowing something and, and more than she's letting on about what happened to Adam. She drops off a bit of a giveaway that, yes, she has got something to hide here. Um, and he asks Gary... Um, no, he, no. he he asks her if Gary asked her to cover for him and again, she's very like, defensive no, and goes upstairs. Why? So Friday, Friday, Faye's been sick again. Um, and this is when Sally thinks it's a shepherd's pie. Don't starts, cook food that's rotten. Okay, food waste. Darling. Food waste is one thing, but Poisoning you can family. put it in the bin through your stomach or directly into the bin. You don't need to involve your body in throwing it away. <laughs> um, Tim says to Faye, look, Tell me, what's going on with the bag? And she's still very nothing, evasive. Nothing. Sally says, right, you're just going to have to go to see Gary and ask him yourself. So he gets his, he gets his laptop out of the visiting go. order. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we also have a bit more Abby versus Faye, a bit more Ray. of a slang at Ray. We have a bit of a slanging match on the street because it turns out that he's got a new waitress, Sandra, that he's showing around, or so his future tracks Molesty. of land that he's got. Oh. Um, and we have Faye having a talk with Craig. I, I, I still get bored. She's like, by I don't this want to story. talk to you about it. This, this, this is not gripping me particularly. It's really, I'm really sad to say. Um, and and it was going so well last week as well with the protest. I I found this interesting. Roy Roy finds out that now Roy's got another method for taking Ray down. He's yeah. not given up, but uh, and it's he doesn't want anyone to know. No, because he's Cause got it's a, gonna. It's very risky. It involves. Is it like suing the council or something? Is that what they said? And well, if it, it goes wrong, it could, it, yeah. it could cost him £100,000 or something, yeah. which obviously it's not going to, unless he manages to get a windfall from somewhere. Um, it's it's a judicial review, because we, we see the scene where Ray gets a phone call and he's he's um, he's put on edge by this, because he, he, in his well, mind, he it was all it signed and sealed. Yeah, and he knows that he's been a bit of a naughty boy and this could end up being exposed if this goes through. Um and, and Debbie's there as well, isn't she? And she's starting to wonder what's what's going on. Why is he? Why are you panicking? Well, he admits so much? it. He done? says, "I might have oiled the wheels of bureaucracy a bit." And she's like, "What the hell are you doing, <laughs> you idiot?" Um, where are, I don't even know. Where so we Maria, are. so Faye goes to see Maria, and she's panicking about this waitress. She's like, "Oh my god!" What if you raped and I was like, what, "What? Why are you so worried about this? What are you wound up about?" And oh yeah, she yeah. says. Oh, this is when she says I might be pregnant and Maria originally thinks that it's Craig doesn't she yeah. she doesn't join the dots that, no. she, that she may have had I more than one sexual partner and it turns out that Faye and Craig haven't even done it yet I hated Maria in this scene so much because she just sat there with her mouth open going oh my god <laughs> what will we do it's like this young girl's come to you you're a woman help her like you immediately say don't worry about anything First thing you need to do, stop panicking. We need to get you a pregnancy test and then we'll think about what we need to do. You also need to get tested for STDs because if you had unprotected sex with a notorious sex case, you could have anything. But I would have thought that that would have come a few weeks ago because they have known for a while that, that Ray and Faye did the deed. Didn't well, they? that's what I would want her to do. 
and I, I mean, I don't want to blame Faye. I don't, I don't want to blame Faye. It's not her fault. She, she was coerced. But you'd think that she would have thought to herself about getting the morning after pill. You would have done, wouldn't you? And especially was, after the, the the last time she was pregnant, I think she was, was in after denial. A... She didn't want to talk about it, but you know that's another example of I think, you know, it's not Maria's responsibility, but I felt a bit like she let she let her down a little bit because if Faye came to her and said, "I just feel I just feel like she's she really is missing a mum," like Faye needs somebody who can who can sit down and help her, and Maria's doing her best, but she's not doing a very good job. Mm. Um, so they they do agree that they're going to go and have Maria, this test, don't they? I would get Faye some pregnancy tests, a morning after pill. Well, she get her on no, get her in general. Okay, right, we'll sort this out. Okay, good, you're not pregnant, but condoms, morning after pill, get you on the normal pill, mm. and I'm going to get you um, like a rape whistle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? She needs she needs to like. She's how old is she? And this she's is the 18, second yeah. time that she's nearly got pregnant from having unprotected sex. And I know it wasn't her fault. She was coerced. But there are things that you can do about it. Yeah, she should She should have thought of you know, I know, last but you, time. Yeah, like, it's, it's easy to say that. But she was trauma. She was traumatised. Also, there was Christmas going on and everything. It's yeah. like, oh, it's Christmas Day. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you're listening and you just... If you're, if you're a girl, you can get a morning after pill... Unless you're morally opposed to it for some reason, which is your own personal thing, order one now. Before you need it, you can buy them. I think even if you're in America, you can order them. You don't have to talk to anybody. You order it for when, if you need it. And then it's there and you can take it instantly because the sooner you take it, the sooner it can sort you out and the more effective it is. Mm. So that's just my PSA. Get yourself an emergency pill. Just in case. Right, so Faye decides that she's going to stay over at Maria's house because there's a lot to unpick here. And Tim thinks that this is getting a bit weird. Gary, <laughs> Gary and Maria aren't even together anymore, so why is Maria so interested in Faye? So he goes round there, what's going on? And this is when he sees the pregnancy test and he twigs that maybe Faye is pregnant. It all starts Maria to make tries sense. To the penny drops. Sarah. She, oh, no, 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 this is for, for me because, like, I'm, like, a massive... I'm a massive slag, um, haven't you I'm, heard? I'm the weather fan bag. bag. Michael, shouldn't judge. Um, She's got a healthy sex. <laughs> again, Tim thinks it's Craig's first and he's going to kill him. And then Maria says, ah, I, I think there's a little bit more Don't jump this, to conclusions. Faye needs to be the one to tell you. So Faye comes home later and... Um, this was she, another she admits, bit. She, she tells him everything. This basically. was another bit. I know this worked out okay, but Maria totally threw Faye under the bus and she was absolutely rubbish at helping this girl out because she told Tim everything and then let poor Faye be ambushed when she came home by her dad interrogating her about her sex life. She should have said, get out, Tim. It's none of your business. I'll let you know. I know he's the dad, but it's Faye's decision who who knows and who doesn't. And she, Maria, just totally rubbish as, as a, like a fellow, you know, solidarity for women person. She's like, oh yeah, I'm going to tell your dad everything. I, I hated her so much. I didn't. I didn't feel. I know because you don't have. I didn't have like, any. Women have this kind of unspoken camaraderie that we have to help each other out. Like, you know, to bring extra pads if you, if somebody else, if you, even even if you're not on your period, in case somebody needs one in the toilet, even if it's somebody you don't know and they ask you, give them a pad. If somebody's crying, if a girl's crying and they're alone, ask them if they're okay. Like we, in in our minds, we are always taught. We know the dangers that we experience and we 
know to look out for each other and I just think it comes a bit more naturally to a girl to stand up for another girl and especially in a situation like this and Maria failed so badly oh no she just thought that her dad needed to know it's not down to and also that his daughter was nearly a murderer she said I don't want my dad to know I don't want anyone to know so as soon as Tim comes round and sees it Maria did such a crap job of lying and then admitted everything and told him everything that is so wrong Maybe, I know. Maybe I know it was a dad. case of, and also, Faye's eighteen years old now. She doesn't need her dad. Yeah, that, that was brought up actually. I think I think Maria said that. If he, if she was like a fifteen-year-old girl, yeah, that's a bit different, you know. But even then, even the NHS will allow you to go as a, as a child to get help if you have an issue along these lines without needing parental consent because they understand it's really important. And so the next time Faye. Was needs to confide in somebody. Is she going to ask Maria? No, because Maria threw under the bus. Maybe it was a case of Maria thinking, well, they're moving away in the next couple it's of days. And if I don't do something now, if I don't say something no, now, Maria then Faye just could... couldn't lie about it. And so she just spilled the beans. That's all that happened. She didn't think any more about it. Well, Faye ends, I'm up, really telling, Faye ends up telling Tim everything, and, and including the fact that she bopped Adam on the head. So she... <laughs> Tim's yeah knows everything. <laughs> and he's like, now. "Why did you? Why did you do that?" And she's like, "I thought it was Ray, obviously." <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and, and the Gary's in prison to protect her and everything. So yeah, it's all it's all going down there. Um, well, first of all, they need to take this pregnancy test. So they say, "Right, Tim, stay there. Do not move. We're going to go and do this test." And yeah. Tim's like, "Okay." I go stay put, but you can't help himself. He gets so mad, he goes stomping down the street. Finds Debbie. See, this is another demands, good reason. Demands, where is Ray at the not, moment? I'm so is, mad at him and I want to knock his block off. Exhibit A in the case for Maria not telling Tim before Faye was ready. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Um, Faye has to come tromping after <laughs> Faye down the street and saying, what the hell <laughs> are you doing? Tim. After Tim, I, I told you not to. By the way, I'm not pregnant. And I think at this point we, we decided They made such a rigmarole about it. It was like, yeah, I don't think she is. She's not going to be pregnant, yeah. Um, so they have another argy-bargy back at the flat, but things come uh, calm down pretty quickly, and Tim says, right, I'm going to do whatever I can to make things right, um, which includes going to go and see Gary in the prison for a short little scene, and Gary's like, he kind of almost says, well, I'm in it's not prison. not my problem, I can't do anything about it. Yeah, I'd like to help, but I'm, I'm already got doing my hands it. tied at the He's moment. like, I'm already doing everything I can to help, which is taking the rap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, I can I just say... I'm obviously an evil, like, character out of 1984, but I would so be bugging these people in prison because they just talk about their crimes openly in the, in the, in the meeting room. Like, you, if you were listening to Gary, you'd be like, oh, he didn't do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Tim's solution is to move to Spain. Of course it is. And Ray gets accosted by some guys in balaclavas. Cause we're okay, in a, I was going to come back to that. We're in, a, but, but we're in a pandemic and it's sensible to cover every everything possible. Mm. Well, there, there was also the scene, because we're skipping Except all over the place on this, when, when Evelyn joins in and finds out about Roy's plan to sue the council and says, um, you that, can't do this. And dumb. he says, well, I'm going to anyway. So, yeah, th- those are the, the cliffhangers, if you want to call it that in this story. What is Roy is... going to lose £100,000? No. Are Faye and Tim going to move to Spain? No. Um, what's happening with Ray, which I'm kind of interested in. I was almost surprised that we didn't show that because it was a couple of scenes before the end of the episode and he's just walking down the street and then these these two guys come out um, and he's like, hey, what are you doing, lads? Mm-hmm. And it was literally, that was it. Because so, he was in trouble. He was in, like, money trouble at one point, wasn't he? 
like he, he said something about yeah he did actually so he I said that he owes he's selling yeah. off his hotels because he owes people's money yeah, so, so these the, the debt collectors come to yeah paid. this is the uh the people muscling in on rick Nealon's territory I this guess. is this is um the people that beat up george and broke his clavicle um yeah so tim's solution is so stupid oh i i know it it was it was a real case of a a silly slow cliffhanger you can't don't just say that you can't just move to spain no number one you know you can't number two there's a thing called brexit number three there is a pandemic i know that it not doesn't exist as much as it does in Weatherfield is in, the, in like real life, but still, let's not pretend that it doesn't exist for the purposes of some storylines and not others, because that is stupid. I just and think then, it's silly how like, easily people in Weatherfield decide to emigrate. Yeah, don't speak the language. Don't Stella, I'm going to go off to New York, and not Eva, I'm going to go off to anymore. France. So you can't, you're not guaranteed the right I don't to work I, I don't mind no, any I do. of that not I'm being sorry, mentioned. but I do. I it's do. just the fact that people say, yeah, I'm perfectly happy to leave my country and culture and, you know, all my friends and family for dramatic purposes. Well, he's an idiot. But he's not going to, is he? That's the thing. He's this feeble-minded idiot. Because... Because Sally wants to move to Halbarn, so... Well, that she can't move to Halbarns, can she? Because that I know, but she's going to wait for two years. Two, no, it isn't. He said fit 24 months. Well, yeah, but... At present, even though we know they're not going to move to Halbarns, they believe they will do... And it might take them two years, and that's why they're going to rented accommodation. Right. Okay. okay. So. Um, so he's just like, let's just go to let's just go to Spain, and Sally's going to go. Okay, Tim, fine. Well, that's what he thinks. Hopefully, well, Sally will turn around then. and say no. But is he then going to have to explain to Sally why he's uh, making this How rash decision? How does it solve the problem? And it's, would he leave Sally just to protect his daughter? How so far stupid. would he go to protect his daughter and keep he only it just her married secret? Sally after all that trouble they went through. Mm. What What do you think it's how do you think it's going to affect the story now that Tim knows? He he, he definitely everything. wouldn't be able to help himself. You know, <sighs> if if the, if he had a spare balaclava hanging around, unfortunately, this is probably packed away to probably join those guys in beating up Ray. He he I can't keep a secret, can he? He can't control his temper. Like he was less. It really didn't feel like he was concerned about the rape bit as much as the pregnant bit. Oh, I don't know. I didn't get that. Bit. I I think it was all together. Do you um? What? I, I don't know, I don't know. I know, you can't muster the energy. I can't, really I, I just be can't be that infused by this story. It's it's ebbing and flowing, and last week I was into it more. And I quite like this, I thought it was quite interesting. I just thought that so many people made stupid, weird decisions in this. And it's frustrating because it was illog- illogical, and um, it's hard to sympathise with people when it feels like they're making stupid decisions for the purposes of the plot. Mm. Do you think that... Um... Do you think that Faye's going to go and, and confess to the police to try and avoid this? Because she, surely she might think, that no, this is stupid. Honestly, what she, I think she's is going to happen... She's been wanting to confess ever since it's happened. I know, and if she, everyone keeps If she moves away to. To, to Spain, <laughs> she's not going to be able to and she's going to feel guilty all that time. So I think maybe she she'll just go and confess No, take, can I before tell they move. They're not going to move. Oh no! But before before she thinks they're going to move, I think she's going to say, "If I don't confess now, I'm never going to get a chance, and it's going to eat away at me forever." Yeah, yeah. Look, can I tell you? Yes. I think she'll just go and tell Adam. That's, yeah. the, that's the, the most obvious, simple solution Sorry. out of this whole thing is to go and tell Adam. Look, I thought you were Ray. Ray raped me. 
I was beside myself and I was drunk and I I hit you because I thought you were Ray. But then would would Adam happily see Gary, you know, rot in prison? Yeah, probably. And say, Gary's going down for me. Keep your mouth shut. Mm. And that's his problem. Honestly, and then she gets absolved. The police don't get involved. Because if the police get involved, I can't see how they're going to be like, well, Ray's a wrong one. You know, or, oh, uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's okay to hit somebody by accident if you mm. think there's somebody else. I think part of my problem with this is now that Adam's, you know, fine... Like, does it really he matter has. if he got bashed anymore? That's why. That's why I think that she should this is tell him. a crime him. that happened a month ago. That's why I think she should fine. tell him. Yeah. Uh, he's only the only reason he's he's happy that I mean he was going to let somebody else. Who was it? He was going to let somebody else go down for it. I forgot who. No, it was. I thought he was happy to let. Yeah, I, I know he's happy was to let Gary to do it, but he thought someone else. Sarah, was Sarah, I don't know. But he doesn't care, does he? No. He obviously doesn't care about getting the right person because he knows it wasn't Gary. Mm. So if if they came to him and said, you know, I don't, I don't, I think, I think Adam's a lot of things, but I don't think he is the sort of person who would let Faye or want to punish Faye if she told him the situation. Mm, maybe, you might be right. I, I'd be interested to see what happens if Gary is, you know, let off because she has confessed to the police, if she goes down that route what's going to happen with Johnny in prison because we got to see this week a little bit of yeah. the, uh, the newfound friendship-ish between Johnny and Gary and, and I think he's probably going to end up relying on Gary and then he's going to have his support whisked away and he'll be there at the at the mercy of these other tough Pugs. boys in prison. Yep, don't know. Don't know. What's Next. going to happen with Roy? Is he going to... He'll win. Is that, is that how it's going to end? Uh, I mean, as we've been saying for a while as well that Debbie's going to come over to the light side and she's she's starting to see more and more that Ray's got himself. Well, this you know. week she's seen Ray admit that he bribed somebody, put the whole thing in je- jeopardy. Um, got a new got a new waitress that he, you know, who knows what's going to happen to her. And he she she was saw there when Tim, Tim coming along and saying, "Oh, you wait till I get my hands on him." And then Faye running after and going, "No, dad, no." Doesn't take a genius to work out no. what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And Ray's such a such a toe rag that if she said, "Did you do something to to Faye?" He'd be like, "Yeah, well, things happen when you you know she's a good girl, she's, she's a good looking okay. girl. I'm a good looking guy. You work it out yourself." Yeah, that's the sort of he's he such a toe care. rag. Right. Anyway, speaking of Johnny in prison, Jenny, Gemma. Not the first time or the last time I've been called Jenny in my life. Go on. What's going on? <laughs> on Monday, Johnny's looking proper rough. He is. He's in prison. He sees Gary. He says, Gary's like, Gary's like, <laughs> he, he's like, um, like, it's like his prison. It's like, welcome to prison, Johnny. Do you want me to tell you where? Gary seems very chill about being there, he loves doesn't it. he? It's like, he's like, no bills, no Maria, no nag, nag, nag. I can do what I like, <laughs> do when I, when I like it. Brilliant. He's got a pool table and everything. I know, don't get one of them in his house normally, does he? Um, yeah, so so Jenny comes to visit and she's like, he again apologises to her for being an ass and saying, I hate you, never speak to me again. And says, I only did it because I didn't want you to be upset. And she she's worried about his eyesight and he says he's got this neurologist appointment. So I guess they didn't just cancel it because he's in prison. So I guess he gets to come out and go go to the hospital. Yeah. He, get, he gets it. We don't see it, but he has. He, by the end of the episode, he's been officially <laughs> diagnosed with a relapse and he's, he's on steroids. He's trying to put a brave face on everything. And she says, whatever happens, no more lies. No more secrets. 
Johnny's getting laughed at by the nasty cellmates who are calling him grandad or whatever, and Gary's like, shut up, he's all right, actually. And then he immediately proves him wrong by collapsing on the pool table, which is not really a cool thing to do in prison. <laughs> um, Gary is... Um, Gary's like, you need to you need to pal up with some of these some of these wrong-ins. Like, there's, there's some guy, like, some eight-year-old guy or something. He's, like, a murderer. And he's like, you should be friends with him. <laughs> and he's like, I thought you were friends with the murderer already, Gary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Johnny's gone to the doctor, like you said. They've diagnosed a relapse officially and given him steroids and he's got to get an MRI. Gary tells Maria about Johnny and what's going on. So she goes to the pub and tells... Jenny about the fact that he's seeing a neurologist and he's had a fall. So on Wednesday, Jenny goes to visit him and says, why didn't you tell me about this? And he's like, oh, oh, Maria's just stirring things up. And, you know, Maria's been useless all week. Jenny's like, no, I'm just worried about you. This is a really tough time. And then there's something that's not at all to do with... we, we. Move more into general rover stuff. Well, everything, yeah, everything on Friday. So Daisy announces rovers. that she split up with Lee because he's moved back in with his ex, and now Peter's an alcoholic. <laughs> officially, he's moving out, so she gets a free room. Hooray! This is weird because I've kind of assumed for a few weeks now that she Daisy and Lee there. have split. No, I didn't assume that she lived there. But where's she living then? I, I don't know where she lived, but she's hanging around Weatherfield somewhere, which is weird because I didn't ever get the impression that. She lived in Weatherfield, but I I did think that her and Lee had been split up because he hasn't made an appearance since their first episode together. Um, So on Friday, Emma's moving in to the Rovers and JC tries to convince her not to, but she doesn't listen Um, because she wants all the space, I guess. And she also, Lena's like, oh, can I move in too because I have nowhere to go? And she says, no, there's too many women here. I hated this. This is so sexist. Daisy is one of these women who's actually a misogynist and she doesn't even realise. She's like, oh no, we can't have all these women living together. Think of all the hormones and the arguments and how we're going to share a bathroom. She doesn't really think that though. She just doesn't want people living at the Rovers. She wants to I get her claws a... into the Rovers. or she, just, she wants to exploit Jenny or something I like that. A, and the more yeah. people there are hanging around, the, the, the harder it is for her. Daisy is one of these women who's a, I'm not like the other girls kind of woman and uh, I prefer having men friends because women are so much drama that's what kind of woman Daisy is and I don't like her well, Alina that's goes, ironic though isn't it that's because she's all about the drama she loves that's it that's the point Michael oh I it's always the I don't understand women oh yeah okay that's misogynistic as well it's always women who say I don't like drama I hate women because they're so dramatic I prefer men I prefer to be friends with men because they're so so low-key and no drama. It's like, yeah, because you cause all the drama. <laughs> we don't want you to be our friend. Go away, you psychopath. So, Alina goes to Tyrone. She's like, oh, please, can I move in with you? And Fizz is there. And she's like, no, 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 no. Well, Alina's <laughs> more like, do oh, you remember a couple of episodes ago when you said that I could live with you at number 13? Is that I okay? To... And f- the expression on Fizz's face is like, like what you said what, Tyrone? So, Tyrone's like, sorry, Fizz. I didn't think it actually happened. I was just being nice. And it's like, so you need to go and tell her that there is no room in our house. We've got two children, a dog, a grandma, two adults. We do not need another person. Where is she going to, where is she even going to go? And so, um, Alina's walking along and Fizz tries to talk. She goes, 
Fit, um, Alina, good. Here you are. I need to speak to you. And he goes, Alina says, Oh, before you speak to me, I just want to let you know how happy I am. I've got nowhere else to go. My family is in a different country. And I made you a lovely gift pack anyway. What did you want to say? And this is like, Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and then Tyrone comes home. They've had a pamper party. And I love how they've had this, <laughs> the, the girls have had a pamper party, but no sign of Hope of or them, Ruby right, anywhere. Like you said, when we were watching it, I think perhaps the p- pamper packs got switched up and they got Evelyn's brandy and they just quickly drank it and now they're having yeah, a nap Ruby's upstairs. Out upstairs yeah. <laughs> um, this is like, okay, yeah, we couldn't say no. She can't stay for very long though. But Alina's like being like a little Disney princess. She's like, I will do the washing up and cook lasagna. The thing is, we make fun of it a little bit, but I kind of prefer Alina like this because it's more like she was when she first came in and she got a little bit of an attitude when she came back. I know, a year she turned ago, to a little she? bit of a bitch. But she was a bit of a back. minx. She's a bit more like, you know, um, like Daisy is now. And she is, yeah, much more of the just nice, sweet. I just like her Alina. to be a bit gormless and, and, um, yeah, sweet and adorable and Disney princess, Alina. Yeah. I don't know whether anything's going to happen with her leaving now or, or whether it's just a case, like I said earlier, of the script writers have said, we've we got to have us live somewhere because people are going to say, where's Alina living? So Dobbs Stapes aren't doing much at the moment. Let's chuck her in there I don't and, understand and set aside two episodes to it. Why we need to have a set for everyone to, to live on. Why can't we just put some of these people in a, in a house on the street that doesn't exist? You know, one of those flats around the corner or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why everyone needs to have a set to live on. And so people are living like six adults in the house because they all have to have a set. I get that they they want people to be able to communicate in, this, in a set together. And that helps ground the characters. But there's no reason why Alina can't go, oh, I need a job. What can I do? I babysit your children. And then that's why she's there all the time. That's mm. why That's why Mary was always in, in the in Allahan set because she was babysitting yeah, nanny, the twins. Wasn't she? Yeah. Do you see any story there? You, 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 Alina making a move on Tyrone or anything? I no, I It doesn't not. feel like it's going to do that. And and I think, yeah, with, with Hope and Ruby missing in action, they can't really have I that many scenes in that house because people will wonder where they are. Scenes of of Evelyn thinking like she's a weird foreigner and cooking funny food. And, and um, Alina complaining about Evelyn's cooking and saying that she doesn't like mints and potatoes. Mm. What, did you, uh, what did you think of the prison stuff, though, going back to the... Johnny and Gary. I, it was funny because like last week we were like going, oh, who who can Johnny know in prison? I don't know. And then I was like, oh, probably obviously Gary. And it's like, yeah, obviously Gary. I I found it quite interesting. I thought they had a good dynamic. Gary, Gary seemed really, like, really chipper on Monday. Gary's he? Like, he loves this is it. Great. This is the life. Do you know what? Three square meals a day in a bed. What mm. more do you want out of life? We, I was, yeah, I was a bit dis- disappointed really that we didn't get to see more of general prison life for Johnny later on in the week so I hope there's more to come for that prison life for Johnny was grimacing and sort of walking around with a hand on a table or a, or a door at the point of total collapse at every every moment mm. well I hope that they kind of invest enough time in this story because if the story is going to be about how do people with MS cope in prison then they got to they can't just show it a little bit at the beginning and then that's it and, and Jenny's Daisy's still going to be dripping her poison into Jenny's ear hole about Johnny as well, isn't she? I, I, I don't think I like Daisy at the moment, and I don't think it's a case of I, I love to hate her. 
I don't know. I, she's coming. I don't know whether the performance is coming across as a little bit OTT. She's she's still very, very, very one dimensional. It it's difficult to see how anybody could be fooled into liking her. Yeah, and 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 Jenny seems to be completely enthralled and and unaware of how abrasive and narcissistic and poisonous she is when it's obvious to everybody else. Mm. She just seems to be a bit yeah, a bit OTT, like I said. You know, she's wide-eyed and making these big expressions. And it's early stages. It is. It's. It's. And she, she hasn't she needs really got be, a plot. She hasn't got a personality at the moment. Apart, she does. Well, apart from like a single word, is you know, Minx is her personality. I don't really know. I we haven't given. We haven't given been given enough about her to bitch. know what she's like as a person. She's a bitch. But that that's that's not nobody is just a bitch, are they? Daisy is. I don't know. I want, I want to know more about what's really making her tick and what's her, what's her <laughs> we'll motivation. Yeah, we'll have to wait then. But we've we've already waited because she's been in the show three months now, also hasn't she? Two three months. It it feels well, like well. Listen, more. Michael. There's a saying: when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Mm. I guess with, with and you're like, but she can't just be a bitch. She's got to be more to it than that. Although when I said that, I don't think we're going to see very much with Alina at number thirteen. I suppose we will see more of. Emma at the Rovers. Yes. I mean, Emma That's might as well live at the Rovers anyway. an interesting dynamic. It was funny because Daisy's like, why do you want to live in, the, in a pub? And, and Emma was like, Emma's oh, like, I've always wanted it. to live in a pub. It's really exciting. It's like, <laughs> You're so sweet. Yeah. I think that um, it, I feel as though it could either be really hilarious to have this trio of Emma, Daisy and Jenny, or it could get really irritating. Mm. Depends I, on how how yeah, much the, the jury is out on that one for me still. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, we got our lonely story. He's had a better night's sleep over the weekend. Is it is it your turn to do the synopsis for this? I thought I did. I thought we did the last one. I don't mind you talk about this one if you like. Who did the last one? I don't know. Maybe we shared it. I think we kind of shared it a little. That's a squeaky mouse there. Need to oil it up. <laughs> uh, who wants you, you to do, do it? it? You do it. Right. So on Monday. Leanne's had a better night's sleep and Simon's been very helpful and she says, oh, I promise I'll come out of my shell soon. And then this was a plot that never went anywhere this week because Simon goes into the, the shop to get the shopping and Deb's like, oh, how come you're buying all these vegetables? Because you're aged and normally buy vegetables because he's doing the shopping for Leanne and she's she's giving him the card and he uses it and it gets declined. But yeah, the decline bit didn't go anywhere but the owing him money did because that's why Dev wants um, Simon to deliver some fish and chips from oh, later I in see. the week. He says that that'll, that'll pay Well, Dev money, says, yeah, I'll let you get away with it. And he said, I trust you, I know where you live. That's quite funny. Then we see Kelly. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Our Kelly. And she says, I'm going to give you another chance, Simon. And he says, well, I need you to go and do something first. And she says, well, stuff off then. Good, you're better off without her. Tracy's confused seeing him go back into the flat. Um, so Leanne, what's she do? She spills her soup. Oh, she gets mad about it and, yeah. and blows off the handle. And Simon's like, don't, don't worry, everything is fine. You don't need to be upset. And she's like, ah, and then she stops off. So she's obviously, it feels like she's really not in control of her emotions still. Hmm. Um, Nick is surprised when Tracy mentions that Simon was going to the flat. Um, and the guy's like, oh, I'm really sorry, Simon. Um, I, I apologise for everything. And then Nick comes in and she pretends that she's just got back from France. And instead of answering questions about what it was like, she starts talk about, talking about Sam and asking him about Sam. 
And then he gets distracted talking about the fact that Natasha's going to come back from London sooner than they thought. And then he's like, can we get back together? And she's like, no. Is that right? Yeah. Then She, Leanne... she doesn't want to let anyone in. She just wants to fight her own battles. Yeah, on, or, or, or... It's one of these, it's kind of what Peter's doing. Like, I don't want to pace. be responsible for you. Leave me alone. I'd rather not have any friends and family because I'd rather just wallow mm. and you're making me feel guilty yeah wallow is right that is what she is doing this week <clears throat> so um she then insults simon by saying oh ollie wasn't even nick's son anyway so does, he doesn't care as much about the fact that he's dead as i do and then someone's like huh what am i chop liver oh my liver transplant <laughs> so he go. he's in a huff about that and he hides, it seems, her pills, and that doesn't go anywhere either. No, I, I wonder whether we missaw that. He he picks the pills up and puts, and puts them, them in, in a, a cupboard, a drawer, and he kind of looks. But then, look. then she's ha- she has a nice night's sleep that night, so maybe she doesn't need them anyway. She's she she gets up on Wednesday, and she seems maybe she stopped drinking coffee after six, like Doctor like Gabbis told her to. Suggested, yeah. So yeah, he's she's she's up and dressed and says she wants she's going out, but I think she's lying. Yeah, she doesn't she, go out. He, she's like come out with me and she's like no no um i'll go out by myself so he goes off alone and she just doesn't go anywhere and says she does which mm. you know that's my approach to exercise <laughs> don't do it and say you did simon sees toya and he says oh leanne's been out on a walk um and she says you can't just burden everything yourself you've got to let me take some of it as well and he says well look we're managed don't worry about it then Simon tells Leanne about the fact he's got a job delivering shit. Oh, yeah, and he says, um, well, we might get some free chippy teas out of it, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, she's, she's like, I didn't go out at all, but I'm not going to tell you that. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It Not much, really. It was that last week she was being a, a hermit, and this week she still is. Yeah, Simon thinks that she's getting better, but she's actually not. Corey's, Corey's in sort of a bit of... Um, the trouble with Corey is, a lot of the time, these mental health stories seem to turn into the same basic plot, which is somebody's having struggles, coping with their situation, and then they get some kind of help, but it's not enough, and then they pretend everything's fine, and then they keep pretending everything's fine, and then they get found out, and then they have to actually do something about it, and it seems like that happens every single time with every single person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It feels like a really familiar, like, oh, I'm struggling, but now I'm fine, but I'm struggling really, but now I'm fine again. Mm. Right. That's what, that's what I feel like. Leanne's just going to keep pretending, keep pretending, and leaning on Simon. Something's going to happen, somebody's going to find out, or it's going to be revealed, or she'll, she'll, like, have a mental break or something, and then she'll be forced to admit that she needs more help than she's getting, and then she'll get the help, and then she'll be okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. You've written that, right? We, we what are we score in this this week. I'm still as you. I, I think I thought we started off, and I was feeling fairly enthusiastic in the first half of this discussion. I just kind of lost interest when the face stuff really came tired. in. Sadly, I am tired, but I, do, I It's just not not gripping me. It's a real shame because I know it's a really big important story. But for for the for the Asher story alone, I mean, I love the Alahans this week, and I really like this gets I found, marks for me. But that was really the main story that I was I've, super invested in. And but I found else in. the Peter stuff really compelling because I I know I said before like feels like oh here we go again, but it did also feel like one of these painfully painfully inevitable things where you're just watching a car crash in slow motion and you know there's nothing anybody can do about it, and these stories are 
centuries old because human beings haven't really got a solution mm. for what is wrong with Peter. We just haven't worked it out. We, and, and I don't know when we will. And so, and still, the, the amount of horrible human suffering that has come about from addiction, mm. it is an important story to tell. And they're being kind of responsible in the fact that they're not, it's not like a magic wand that someone's woven woven <laughs> waved over peter's head to cure him he's still got it yeah so what are you going to give this week i'll let you do your score first i'm going to give it four four blimey wet wangs four wet wangs and my character of the week is ardy wow i loved him this week i just thought it was so uh, uh, you know maybe he's going to go back to being an obnoxious brat next week because that's what teenage boys and girls are like you know one minute they're sweet and lovely and you remember why you like them and then the next minute they their hormone driven monsters and you're like no i hate you again. <laughs> so yeah at the moment i'm really liking him i think it's a really he's a really cool character yeah he's got great potential really um does. i'm gonna i can't give it four it's, this this is not a four I for me i didn't think you would give it four uh, I, I, I don't know whether it's a, it. i don't know whether three it's or a three, three or a three and a half exactly i feel bad making it a, a, a three when it seems like a lot of people really enjoyed it why don't really you give it a three it. if that's what you think but, it deserves and, and the Alahan stuff was great but honestly a lot of the rest of it I was just it just kind of washed over me really I'm sad to say but if you give I'm it a go three, three I'm going to give then it then it's the average out three and a half I'm going to give it three Brad Pitts tied naked to a chair in Tracy's basement out of five um, that was, see that's week. creepy because if a woman said that I mean if a man said that about a woman that would be like call the FBI. <laughs> I just don't. I don't think it's funny the other way around. Um, character the. I mean, you make a strong case for Ardy for sure. I mean, I'd like to give it to somebody in that storyline because because that was my favourite storyline of the week. I mean, you you could very easily give a a mark for for somebody like Peter or Ken or whatever, but they're I'm all sure just. I'm sure people um, will pick Peter or Ken or somebody from that story. I suppose it's like is that. It's not necessarily for the characters' actions, but for the you know the performance and the, well, and the drama that it caused. Like you give the character of the week out for whatever reason you want to, and it can be the performance of the character, the decisions the character made, the the person's acting skills, the story that you liked, or just a fl- throwaway joke line that you enjoyed and thought it was really good. Yeah. Whatever your reason you want. It's Gosh, it's, it's really hard. I mean, the Alahans just go together as a team so much. You just want to give it to the but Alahans. I don't know whether has already had it before. I don't. I, I don't know whether he has. Um, he wouldn't have had an opportunity before. I, I don't know whether his recast to have it. I don't think. I don't know whether before. I mean, today was the day that Ardy particularly came to the fore. Loved him. Um, it's just. I tell you, it's. Just, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it to Dev. I'm, Dev's really, my character of the week this week. It's really, really. It feels really refreshing and it makes me happy when I can give it to a character that has a two four was a rather unremarkable and slightly dull person and just kind of inhabited yeah. a space. And it's not I, even like it's a character that you used to hate, but you, no. you, you, you've had a U-turn and you love now. It's literally... And this is why no, I like no Coronation Street. Is that some, even, you know, after watching it for so long, it can still surprise you with somebody or, like, bring somebody out of... Just get, just get it right with an actor and a, and a part. Mm. And sometimes it takes a while... Yeah. But I really, really am I'm enjoying it. You know, like I said, I'm perfectly prepared for it to go a different way. I don't know that this is... Ardy's going to forever be just a, a sort of a really adorable... <laughs> wannabe Alan Sugar, or what? <laughs> but 
Well, they didn't, they missed the opportunity making Ches that, didn't they? So I I really I really think that they so missed a trick with Chesney. Yeah, yeah. I I think Dev like if I'm thinking across the week, I loved him getting all excited about the present on Monday. <laughs> I loved his enthusiasm about the birthday and the sign and everything on Wednesday. But also... Um, Talking about Sunita and the film. Yeah, exactly. That was all great. Dancing and with Ardy. The dancing with Ardy. Yeah. The, the, the offering a sympathetic ear to Asher. Yeah, and he was sitting there with his hands on his cheeks. Oh, like, yeah. Tell Do you want me. to tell me about it, Sunny? Yeah. I, I, Is that I, what she called her? Yeah, I think something like that. But um, yeah, he, he was great all week. So he's my character of the week. And there we go. That is our street talk for this week. I hope, I really, I hope that it grips you more next week, honestly. Because I, that's been kind of two weeks in a row where I've been a... Was I a little bit down on it last week? I can't even remember anymore, but I, I want to love it again next week, please. Um, right, we are not going to have a cabin this week. Sadly, um, Harry Visioni's bathroom snake is maybe not enough <laughs> just to make a whole cabin segment out of. So he if that's intrigued you, you can either go and find out about it or wait until maybe next week when it will get put into the cabin if not much else comes along. But um, yeah, well, let's finish this podcast off with some feedback. Okay, right, feedback. We have got 3.3 out of 5 on the Facebook group for last week's Coronation Street. So a so-so week, I guess, um, from the Facebook listeners. And that included... Fiona, who gave it two and a half scarlet women with dark thoughts out of five. Uh, Shona gave it three and a half burnt some hostess stories out of five. And Abby was my pick of the week, who gave it three and a half hearts ripped out without any anaesthetic out of five. So thank you for everybody that voted, as always, on our Facebook poll. Um, Richard has sent us an email this week. Um, he's catching us up with his thoughts on Corrie of late. He says he hopes we're both well. You all right, Gemma? You well? No. Gemma? Gemma is not... Why? Yes, you are. You're fine. I she's... told you I thought I was having a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Gemma's having a heart attack and she's worried about having a food addiction. But apart from that, she's fine. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> he says that he thinks it's a brilliant start to the year from Coronation Street and he hopes it carries on. Um, every storyline is working for me at the moment, Richard says, but the real surprise for me, Emi Gola, has been the Alahan family. Yay! I've always liked Deb, but never really invested in Asha and Ardi, but loving their character's development recently. Absolutely. Craig must be due a storyline soon around his loose lips, divulging every police investigation. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether either of you are Midsummer Murders fans, but he reminds me of a younger version of the original DCI Barnaby, who was always discussing cases with his wife. <laughs> I do not get that reference, I'm sorry to say, Richard. I know it's been discussed before, but, but there's loads of people who like Midsummer Murders going yes yes right right oh yes, yes, yes. Barnaby yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Paul's helpline behaviour is not typical of them Samaritans in fairness the show's been very careful not to say he's volunteering with Samaritans per se but I was privileged to be a volunteer with them for 15 years and the oh. self-disclosure giving out personal numbers speaking and meeting with callers when not on shift are rules which are set in stone I assume it's meant to be a generic helpline type service Paul volunteers with and I'm just going to add in there where well, you have to be gay to work there, it seems. But I understand why people might have got the inference it was Samaritans. Just because there are only seemingly to be three employees there and all of them are gay doesn't mean it's exclusively <laughs> only for gay people. Um, I, I I didn't necessarily get the impression it was Samaritans. Cause it's I, like, think I think people they would assume have said... it is because they don't know any, any other yeah. helplines. But knowing... having Other helplines broadened... are also available. <laughs> having broadened my knowledge of of things to do with mental health because of the Aiden suicide storyline you know I I didn't make that assumption because there are loads Mm -hmm. it's funny how that story's gone quiet 
recently, hasn't it? There's the there's the the block that's moved out of yeah. rotation. The ball and Paul I'd and Billy say and, I'm that and Todd. About it. Yeah, but I mean, I was I was really really enjoying Todd in that. I wasn't so fast about the the Billy and Paul side, but um, yeah, I'd quite like to see Todd again. And uh, finally, <laughs> Richard says that um, what has happened to James Bailey? Football. He's playing football. Yeah, he's the only one playing on the pit. pit. I know actually, that's not true. That sports can go on at the moment, can't they? You can only play sports ball. It's not just kicking a ball around and going, oh, I got a goal again. I got a goal oh, again. There's no, nobody there. Else. The goal is open. Hooray. When the family first came into the show, Richard says, he was probably the most prevalent. Yes. But he's been off screen for so long, I'd forgotten his name and had to look it <laughs> up before drafting this. Oh, oh dear, dear me. James. I know, uh, well, you know, do, the question is, do you miss him? It's all about Michael at the moment. And I don't it? think but anyone does. No, I, I don't. I know that I haven't heard very many people calling for more James. James to be on the street because his story was about I said this already yeah. it wasn't it wasn't about who he was as a person mm. so you don't know who he is still no no um do you, you you're brandishing an iPad here Gemma I don't know whether you want to skip across to this this next bit right, of feedback uh, d- which is something a bit this. different yet again fangirl overload one two three is it her new year's resolution to do her feedback in a different way every week of the year we had I, voicemail last yeah. week and this week we've, we've got, got a screenshot of predictions I want next week to have it in the macrame form. Okay, get on that. Right, so um, some predictions that she has sent us for this new year. Peter will survive and stay sober for a few years, and then the next time he drinks, I will tell him he will never drink again or he will die, but he never will for the next 30 odd years. <laughs> Gary will get married again, Polly to Ken, because he's the only person left on the street. Hang on a minute, these silly predictions. She said some of them serious and some of them are not. London will be hit with a wave of plot convenience deaths, maybe pandemic related. Taking Natasha and Violet out, meaning that Sam and Dylan will permanently move to the street. I had that prediction. Ray will blackmail Abby into making her sleep with him. Debbie will see Ray's true colours and stop working with him. That seems very likely. Um, Johnny will get out of prison soon with a sentence which will anger Daisy as she will see through his. He will see through her manipulating Jenny. Sally David and the rest of the street will not move out and this entire storyline will be inexplicably forgotten and never talked about again. Yep. Nikki will return and Daniel will be so fixated on her that he will start neglecting Bertie. Simon will break under the strain of supporting Leanne and turn to crime. Ooh. Toya and Imran will foster R. Kelly. Popular theory, but the soapiest thing ever. I hope R. Kelly dies. Tyrone and I hope Fizz- she's in London when the giant squid lands on top of it. <laughs> Tyrone and Fizz will realise they have now been engaged for five years. I decide to go to break the record of 67 years. <laughs> Death will keep the kebab shop but give the chip shop to RD and the corner shop to Asher. Ooh, that would have been a good thing mm. to do. Maria will take Gary boy. back because she has terrible judgment. <laughs> Kirk will reveal the reason he changed his name to Mark 20 years ago. <laughs> Faye, oh, hang on. Adam won't press charges against Faye. Ryan and Arlie will get married. Mmm. Gary will get found out for killing Rick. If they if they want to have Ryan and Ali get married, they need to start sowing the seeds a bit more for that now because I, I still don't necessarily buy them as a couple. They, they more seem to be two people that hang around each other I and know. try to thwart Jeff. I and think, now that that's gone, then what have they got to keep I, them going? This is what I said. I base a lot of my um, wisdom about relationships on speed. If you watch Speed, um, Sandra Bullock and whoever the other guy is, Keanu Reeves. Is it Keanu? Yeah. Get together because they were under great stress and it was romantic and exciting. And then in Speed 2, at the very beginning, they're like, oh, what happened to so-and-so? They're like, oh, well, you know, relationships that you make under under pressure like that never last very long. 
And it's so true. The wisdom of speed too. No one seems to appreciate <laughs> it, but it's a fact. So I think because they were, like I said in my predictions, because they were so pushed together because of the Yasmin thing, they'll realise they have nothing in common once they don't have that to unite against. That gives another meaning to speed dating, which to me, <laughs> mate, let's set up all these crises going on and throw people into the room and see who hooks yeah, up. It's, you, you turn off and you think you're going to like talk to somebody for 20 seconds and then move on, but actually they're like, right, there's a bomb under the table. <laughs> <laughs> um... Mary will make a hologram slash robot of Ben Shepherd. Oh, that, that was another him. line that I complained about this week when it was uh, Mary had given Asher a Ben Shepherd calendar for her 16th birthday. And it was another one of those things that I thought the writer it's who wrote that probably thought it. it was hilarious. But in reality, <laughs> that wouldn't happen. Just because you didn't find it funny. I don't know, because it's not real. Mate, I'm sure that Ben Shepard does have a calendar. In fact, I think they might have shown it on Good Morning Britain this morning. But I just don't think that Mary is that, you know, deluded. cut off or deluded from reality that she thought that Asher would want a Ben Shepard calendar. Just Maybe a she thinks gag. that um, Corey's such a villain that she would like, she would like a nice boy. <laughs> Izzy will finally get a storyline. Max will start causing trouble just like David when he was a teenager. Hmm. It will be revealed that a black hole has opened up in number 13 and that's where Jack has been these past few months. Well, do we think that Max might get his recast this year? Because we were wondering, weren't we, when he went off to... Um, he suddenly, he suddenly like, become six foot tall. He went off to Marion's house for a bit, didn't we? And we thought that yeah. he was going to come back with a new head. And I, it would not surprise me if this is the year. I should have put that on my predictions. See, we... Lots of people are like, oh, when's Ian McLeod going to leave? When's Ian McLeod going to leave soon? I would kind of be quite hilarious if he just, like, recast it. One before he went for no yeah, real. how much power like, you don't does really he really need to do that before you leave if you're if, you, if you're going you let the other person decide and he's like no we're gonna get new david <laughs> <laughs> um robes will burn down for a third time after hope sets fire to it craig will get fired for telling everyone who asks secret police for, secret police information chesney will remember that joseph exists Yasmin will continue to be the precious soul she is. Oh, we definitely saw that today, didn't we? Yes. Shona will regain her memories with no explanation. Grace will attempt murder-suicide with her and Michael's child. Oh, my God. That's a bit drastic. Faye will That's be a, pre- bit, a, bit, a bit Arnold Swain there, isn't it? You know, the one that Emily was married yeah. to. Yeah. Faye will be pregnant Speaking with Ray's child and she was lying to Tim. <gasps> oh, wow. Adam won't press charges against Faye. Oh, hang on. She's cut it in it. I need to go and find where we are. Okay. Nina and Ardy will have an affair. Ryan will wake up and realise the entire year was just a dream after he ate out-of-date food from Speed Doll. <laughs> and Nina will come out as bi. After dating uh, After Ardy. dating Nina and Ardy. I, I wonder what uh, Asha would make of um, her best friend dating her brother. Ooh, now, awkward. that would be quite interesting. And that would definitely make a sort of logical catalyst for the two of them to get together. I don't necessarily think that Ardy and Nina, uh, you know, have got There's nothing romantic. between them, is No, there? but they're, they're still, even though they're, I'm enjoying both of them, because we don't know anything about, you know, what, what they like in a partner, it's like, Possible. And they're still developing both of their characters. They're both still new in a way. I mean, Ardy's not new, new, but new Ardy is new. So, maybe. New Ardy is new. That maybe. is wisdom for the ages from Michael. Thank you for all your um, theories and predictions. I like those, yeah. I wonder which ones of those right. will come true. Uh, this is what Nancy has had to say about last week's uh, Coronation Street. I enjoyed the protest group story this week. Abby was brilliant with the bullhorn. Roy made strong arguments during the Zoom meeting. 
The tribute to Deirdre was wonderful, and Sally's line, nobody put Sally Metcalf over a barrel, was great. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to see Ray pushing the limits of his authority on the street. Um, it was exciting to see Grace back again, too. I really feel Adam, not Adam, Aggie, sorry, will try to undermine Grace's and Michael's relationship. And then, finally, she'll accept it. I think that's what's going to happen, but I think they will... I'm really excited for continual tension mm. in I'm, the I'm, House. I'm reading back over what Nancy's saying about last week's episodes, and I'm thinking that maybe I did like last week's. I think because <laughs> I enjoyed the I've enjoyed the protest stuff. I enjoyed the Grace and Michael stuff. I enjoyed I, can I just say, the Arthur and Evelyn stuff. New prediction: Grace and Michael will get married this okay, year. Okay, let's see. And then Grace will be Grace Bailey. She'll be a Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't want Arthur to leave. Says if she decides Nancy. to take his name. I watched this thinking, will she or won't she go? I'm glad she stayed. And I love Evelyn with Tyrone and Roy. Um, I love seeing Gaddas coming around to see Leanne. She gave her some good advice. And I felt bad for Simon, thinking he has to be the only person to take care of his mum. I do hope that she reaches out to other people for help. Jane Danson is doing a great job in this poignant story. Just one thing I want to say about reaching out for help. Obviously, you always should do it. And I, but I do know that some people have said this before. I've heard it a few times from different people as we've spoken about it over the years. I know sometimes the the mental health provision from the NHS is not brilliant. So if people reach out and you get frustrated, just keep trying. Mm. That's all that you can say. Especially now because of the pandemic, there's a, a massive strain on mental health services. Like the wait list is very, very long. Yeah, yeah, totally. So... Just just keep trying and look after yourself. That's Thank all you. I say. Um, Imran did a wonderful job pleading Johnny's case, says Nancy. I think Johnny could be out in two months. Two months? He can't be out in two months, can he? If you're sentenced to eight. What I do you think this like is? Canada? Minimum. It will be interesting to see how Jenny runs the Rovers on her own. Carla has marked Daisy's card. I'd love to see a Carla and Daisy confrontation. Yeah, I want to see a kicker in the stilettos. <laughs> um, I give this week's episode four out of five. Ray's faces. Will the Ray ca- confess she attacked Adam? You, you Faye. missed that. I didn't. I didn't. I just skipped that okay. because the answer I is thought, yes, yes. Faye did confess that she. Well, she's. It's another case. Tim. It's another case of well, she gradually confesses to every single person in the entire show, apart from the police. Mm. Um, the this uh, the character of Grace has got potential. Nancy says, and she left Roy last week too. Can I just ask a question? No. Um. So Daisy and. Jenny and Emma are living in the Rovers. Yeah. Where's Carla living? Oh, she's living there as well. So they're all, there's four of them. So at one point, because Daisy's argument was don't let Alina live there because then there'll be four of us. Or maybe she's not. Oh, no. Mm. Because she I was living. I don't know. Cause, cause maybe Carla, is Carla moving in with Pete? Yeah. Carla's moving in to number one to be... No, that's right, isn't that. it? Because, no, they did. Because no, the reason that Daisy was excited about Peter leaving is because there was a free room, which would assume, which to me assumes that Carla... No, Carla's living with Roy at the moment, isn't she? Don't know. Yeah, Carla's going to... She moved out. Yeah, that's right. Peter, Peter threw Carla out and he's she's gone to live a, with Roy. He's such a little arse, isn't he? Mm. Finally, Gemma. I want Rebecca. Carla to move back in and just stand behind Daisy all the time with her arms folded. <laughs> Rebecca says, I did not expect the council to give permission, but since I did, I thought, I bet Ray is the chairwoman in his back pocket. And I was correct. I'm assuming over the next few weeks, something or someone will come to light and either pause or stop the development. Although every time I think they can't go any further, they do. I really enjoyed Abby's protest and also enjoy how petty she is against Ray. Although Roy was right telling her off. So pause it, Rebecca. Sorry, I just got to say something. Um, I alluded last week to a plot development that 
I said was a spoiler that was revealed on the uh, Cobble, Chase the Cobbles, Race of the Cobbles special oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the spoiler was the signage above the shop which said A. D a, and A yeah. and A. So that was what I was talking about. So So from that point on... Who knows what they've done with the set? Oh, true. They could have they could have knocked everything down. But all I'm saying, all I was saying before was like we know up until the point that that gets revealed that the set is still intact. Yes. Okay, right. Just so where was I? Where was Rebecca? I don't know. Um, can't, uh, really enjoyed Ambie's protest and also enjoyed how petty she is against Ray. Although Roy was right telling her off. I also liked Sally's beret. I love Shona refusing to live on the estate because of the dog and gun, but she used to live there pre-shooting Shona. I also enjoyed the meeting in Monday's episode. Even though we saw Michael had read the letter, I still don't trust Grace. Completely agree with Aggie not to trust her. I'm still assuming Michael will take sole parenting of the child when something happens to Grace. Poor Grace, everyone thinks she's going to die. <laughs> I did love how Aggie found out about the baby. So sad. That Arthur is gone, although I know Evelyn wouldn't go. I was hoping Arthur would change his mind at the last minute, but sadly, that wasn't the case. And also, just to point out, mm. uh, once he tastes that poutine, he's not coming back here. <laughs> although, Manchester does have a very good I think that, poutine that, place. The fact that Arthur has already spent a sizable proportion of his life he living in Canada, he's it. probably had poutine at some point. Do you reckon? Yes. Do you reckon it's a 100% uptake? Yes. Well, it would be nonsense if it wasn't, wouldn't it? Why would you not even try it? Maybe you're vegetarian. I was hoping Arthur would change his mind at the last minute, but sadly it wasn't the case. Just don't put Evelyn and Roy together. Please, they work better as friends. No, they're not doing that. I felt so sorry for Simon this week and Kelly didn't deserve him. She didn't believe in him. Yeah. Or when I, I was one of those people who didn't recognise the new summer. I thought it was Kelly's foster mum. Oh, man. Yeah. We had quite a number of people on our Facebook group saying, I thought that as well. I couldn't believe that that was summer. Yeah, it's not great, is it? No. Um, great to see Dr. Gaddis back as well, though her saying, is everything is okay? Is everything okay to the end? was a little harsh. Oh, and you know last week when I said, I don't mind the new summer, well, I've changed my mind again. I was quite shocked when Johnny got... Oh, hang on. Changed my mind again. I was quite shocked when Johnny got sent down, especially when the MS symptoms started relapsing again, but I'm assuming he will get released in four or five months. Hopefully Jenny won't be swayed by Daisy into having an affair... Carla definitely has Daisy's card marked and I'm hoping Daisy might bring back some of the old spark for Carla. I like the theory of Gary showing a cell with Johnny as I forgot Gary was in prison too. Finally, knew Asher would fail as soon as Dev was being mean to Ardy and also knew that Corey would be part of the reason for her failing. Grr, he's bad news is that Corey. Also felt sorry for Ardy not being able to pick the takeaways. Again, it's all about Asher. Character of the week is Evelyn. I give it four posh fish cakes with cheese in the middle out of five. I think there's one good thing. The thing that's good about um, Ardy is because he has felt like um, it's felt like he's been the less important sibling in the. What is it? He's been overlooked in favour of Asher, and now he's got this um, this opportunity to make a difference in the shop. See, this is what I'm thinking, because no, for the be- the best one in the world. School is set up to reward children who are successful in academic pursuits. And he's obviously kind of mentally checked out a bit at school because he's just not very good at doing exams. But when he actually got surprised by, like, his good results, especially when he was compared to Asher, he probably thought, oh, I can be good at things. Because yeah. a lot of the time, really, you decide that you're not good at something and then you, you're not. And that's why they try to say, like, don't, don't keep saying girls aren't good at maths because it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because mm. children just don't think that they can do it. Mm. So I think that um, 
I think it's really exciting that he's suddenly got this like world of potential that's opened up in front of his eyes and oh, imagine being 16 and having a shop. <laughs> what would you sell, Michael? What would you that sell? That is it. Windows 98. <laughs> that is it for this week's podcast. Michael's falling asleep. I am falling asleep a little bit. It's been a long time talking. I'm very sorry. I did say at the beginning of the podcast. I'm tired. I hope I, I, I said something, at least one thing that was made you think this podcast. Well, not, at least you didn't I'll spend like half week. an hour saying, I understand what it's like to be an alcoholic because I'm a bit fat, like <laughs> I did. Um, um, we have got a new patron this week, haven't we? Thank, thank you, to, thank you to David. Yeah. David from Corripedia has just joined oh. us on our Patreon, which is very cool. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoy all the cool content that's over there. Um, I feel honoured. I know, me too. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, anybody, to um, send us your feedback thoughts oh, on the podcast or the programme or whatever, or you find that, uh, then um, then you can go to, um, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. That is conversationstreet at gmail.com. Um, mm. We have got a website that is conversationstreet.podbean.com. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook. We are on YouTube. Um, and right. like David you can support us by Patreon should you wish thank you very much for everybody who supports us on Patreon it means a lot to us we really appreciate it and it's so helpful um, and we hope that we put all of our Patreon money to very good use to support the podcast and various charitable things throughout the year so we've got a review um, from Lucky Cat 5 who says great recap 5 out of 5 always looking forward to Saturdays with the recap Good. You're thank you very much. Glad you like and it. final thank you to Joe Parkinson who came onto the podcast to yeah. talk about his job working on Curry and the app. That was very cool and I hope you have enjoyed that. If you've listened to it already and if you're saving it to second, I hope that you got on to enjoy it because it was <laughs> lots of fun and I thought quite enlightening. What is time anyway? You experience time all as one go but your brain just passes Don't it out. Excuse me, I'm tired. It's 20 to 12 and I've had a hard week. Time is a human construct so you might not think you've listened to it but you actually have. I'm, I'm checking out now. Goodbye everybody. You're See never you late next week for because time is made up. No. Five, what episode are we next week? 503,000 no, 454 four, four, is next week. Oh, if we get that far, the hell am I doing? you're going to sleepwalk into the road and get run over <laughs> and I'm going to die of a heart attack. Goodbye, everybody. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.